Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season six, episode eight of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Fade Into You. This was a great one. A lot of background on the Gemini coven. Some successes by me, some failures, some just drastic oversights. This is some of the best guessing you've done. And not to minimize it, but I think a monkey could have figured out that Kai and Joe were siblings. Oh, yeah. No, they gave us a lot of clues about that. But I do recall at one point I, I said, I wonder if Kai's last name is Parker. Yeah, you had been speculating that. But there was at one point you made a comment like Joe might be connected to Liv and Luke. But then you said, I don't think Joe's in their family. I want to make that clear. So I'm glad you made that clear. Sometimes I offer shit up like that when you're not even trying to trick me. And then I offer up a wrong guess like just to let it out there. And it's like, girl, keep that one to yourself. You didn't have to say that. You didn't have to do all that. She didn't make you guess. (laughs) This also is the start of a new chapter. I made you guess the name last week. You didn't guess it. And the reason is this chapter is called the Parker chapter. So by guessing the Gemini chapter, you were technically right, but you were never going to guess the Parker chapter. Yeah. Because the only Parkers we knew for sure were Liv and Luke. I probably would. I probably could have gotten there because I assumed that they were still relevant. But yeah, Gemini chapter is essentially Parker chapter. Exactly. There's a lot to unpack this week, but before we get into any of it, here's a quick ad. As always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. As Caroline and Elena prepare to host Friendsgiving at the dorm, they receive some hopeful news from Alaric and Stefan, who have traveled to Portland to gather some information regarding the Gemini Coven. Tyler is determined to help Liv after she and Luke reveal some disturbing information about their witch lineage and the impending plans their coven has for them. Meanwhile, dinner takes a drastic turn when Joe, who has revealed some painful details about her past, finds herself fighting for her life, leaving Alaric scrambling to help from a distance. Finally, Kai makes a dangerous discovery that brings him one step closer to his release. I should also mention, we don't get a lot of holiday episodes on this show, so to get a Thanksgiving episode is so fun. There are a few settings, like a Thanksgiving table, to really bring out the drama. The gold standard, of course, if you're listening to this podcast, you know what it is. It's that one episode of Gossip Girl where they fight and what you say at Thanksgiving. Yeah, and everyone gets up one by one. But- Other than that episode, I mean, Gossip Girl is known for some really good Thanksgiving episodes, or at least known Mm -hmm. for that by me. (laughs) Yeah, I think they have the best Thanksgiving episodes of, I'll say it, any show. I'm glad you said it. I would love to hear someone bring a show that you think beats it. And good luck convincing me that you're right, because I don't think you can. But we get Thanksgiving this week. There's a lot to be thankful for on the Vampire Diaries. It does open up a very strong possibility of a Christmas episode, which we like kind of had one before. Do you think we're going to get a Christmas episode? I don't know. I If you had to guess yes or no right now, gun to your head, are we going to get a Christmas episode? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was feeling the pressure. I really felt like the gun was in my head. I know that's, I, that's what I was aiming to do. <laughs> we opened the episode May 9th, 1994. We know this date because it's the day before the Prison World Day. You know what's so fun about this date, too, that I just just realized? What? Isn't that within... Oh, never mind. What I was going to say, isn't, isn't that within the Gemini, like, star sign? It's not. It's Taurus. But it's close. Wouldn't yeah. that have been fun if it was? It would have been fun if it was. <laughs> <laughs> but what's not so fun is what we see going on. There's a dark house and children are screaming. And so we all have a good guess of what's happening. I mean, we saw the newspaper. 
We see a teen girl laying on the floor. We later find out it's Joe. She has a knife in her abdomen. We hear Kai call out. We don't know right away it's Kai, but it sounds like him. We can put the pieces together. Also, it's May 9th, 1994, and there's a knife in her abdomen. It's Kai. Well, I will say, I think they did an amazing job casting her because I saw this and I was like, are they making the same actress play young Joe? That's kind of crazy. Then I was like, oh no, she just really looks like her. Great casting. Kai calls out and says, Josette, where are they? So we know that Joe's full name is Josette. Julie Pleck does it again with a name that's just left of normal. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, okay. Not, you're not going to do Josephine? Like, I mean, there's no reason why it can't be Josette. Like, sure. I guess. If you, you know, but like, okay. not what I would have expected. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, awesome. This fucking coven. You named your twins Josette and Malachi. That's a self-fulfilling prophecy. That is just giving evil twin brother. Clearly learned their lesson with Lucas and Olivia. They went a little safer with those. Yeah, they definitely said, you know what? Maybe we don't use the name Malachi again. You know, in retrospect, that one was probably weird. The family definitely was like one of those families that's like, let's name him Malachi, but we'll always plan to call him Kai. Should have just named him Kai. Yeah. That's a lesson. Don't give your kid a name when you intend on calling them something else. It's my own personal That's just your own personal opinion that you're shoehorning into this conversation. Well, it fit, But I support you. It did fit. (laughs) I had to get it across. <laughs> There's more children screaming. So Joe groans and pulls the knife out. She gets up. She's in pain. Blood is dripping, but she gets moving. Kai says, Joe, come on out. I know you can hear me. Joe looks into a bedroom and two little blonde heads pop up from the bed. So it's pretty obvious who these two are Yeah, immediately. It's pretty clear at the beginning, like, oh, that's probably Liv and Luke. Kai calls again. He's like, where are they, Joe? So Joe goes up to them and says, okay, everything's going to be fine. Everyone's playing a game. You guys want to play hide and seek? And so they hide under the bed. Which, given the information about this coven that we get later, I know hide and seek is a bloodbath in this house. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They are all cheating. No one is playing fair. Yeah. Kai approaches the room and says, come on out, Joe. You know I won't kill you. We find out why later, specifically, Kai doesn't kill Joe at the beginning or why he physically can't Mm -hmm. because if he kills her they can't merge yeah Kai does get to the bedroom there and he walks in joe's under the bed with the two kids they're quiet they're not breathing we see kai's converse at first they look red and then in new light we see they're red from being covered in blood very hot and sexy yeah they're white converse covered in blood uh, and they look sick I, i can't lie to you i i can't say those don't look cool and sexy i mean this is we'll talk about kai at length later so i don't want to get too into it now But there is something so, it's the same as in like season three when we had a serial killer. Mm -hmm. There's something so grounded within the confines of Supernatural that makes that work so well and makes him such a compelling character. Yeah. It makes him scarier in a way. Yes. We'll unpack all that later. I don't want us to get ahead of ourselves with Kai. Mm -hmm. So much to say about Kai. (laughs) Kai approaches the bed. He turns away. And then he comes back. And at first when he turned away, I was like, he, I was like, what an idiot. He saw the trail of blood. And then I thought to myself, "Mm, no, he's not an idiot is the thing. He'll be back. He's just fucking with him. And then he goes to lift the bed, but we don't see what happens. Then we transition into him lifting the trunk of his car in the prison world. He's opening the car trunk and he says, wakey, wakey. And he takes Bonnie out of the trunk. So he made her ride in the trunk. A little rude. A little mean. That's your one friend in this earth. But okay, whatever. She says, how did I? And he says, get so lucky to arrive here on a private flight piloted by yours truly. You would have been super impressed with my flying skills, but I'd already knocked you out with painkillers. 
So he flew them here. And you know what? I respect that if you're alone in the prison world, you learn how to fly because you can't die. Yeah. So why not pick up a couple skills? Get a couple plane crashes, you'll be fine. And then, yeah, worst case scenario, you come back to life. Best case scenario, you can fly wherever you want in the world. Yeah. She says, where are we? And he says, Portland, Oregon. Stomping grounds of Courtney Love, Tanya Harding, and tons of other awesome people. And she says, you could have brought me anywhere in the world and you took me to Portland. She does not seem excited about Portland. She is like disgusted by Portland, actually. Yeah, she's like, uh, ew. She's like, why <laughs> don't you take me somewhere that's sunny more than 10 days a year? Yeah. <laughs> Ty says, this is where I grew up. And he unties her, you know, cuffs. He says, I've been counting eclipses since I was imprisoned on this empty planet. And according to my running tally, I've been here for 6,771 supernaturally repeating days. So in the real world, which we'll never get back to because you sent your magic away in a teddy bear, today's my favorite day of the year. And she says, what day is that? And he says, Thanksgiving. (laughs) Very fascinating. His favorite day of the year is Thanksgiving, considering he hates his family. Yeah. Well, it's (laughs) because all of his family is there and there's also a knife in the center of the table. Yeah. That's why it's his favorite. (laughs) Uh, He says, I'm cooking you dinner. We go over to the Whitmore dorm where Caroline and Elena are setting their own table for their own Friendsgiving. And it's decorated like crazy. I love it. The theme is clear. The decorations are on point. I expect nothing less of Caroline. Mm -hmm. Elena, meanwhile, is practicing a confession. She says, I'm a vampire. And then Caroline says, I don't know, maybe like a little less emphasis on vampire. And Elena says, I'm a vampire. I mean, there's only so many ways you can say it. (laughs) Caroline says, maybe Liam will stop digging into Lady Whitmore's miraculous recovery and you won't have to come clean. And Elena says, or he'll keep digging, realize I force fed her my vampire blood and just bail. And Caroline says, I feel like I have to remind you, all of this can go away with one fell mind wipe. Caroline's like, I know you know about compulsion. You relied on it so heavily recently. I think it's time to compel. I think we've done it. Mm -hmm. Elena says, oh, so lie again and again and again. Yeah, girl, lie. You already lied to him about saving Lady Whitmore, so it's not like you're not lying right now. Yeah. Caroline says, look, if you want to tell him the truth, I support you 100%. But if you're rushing into this to escape some conflicted feelings over a certain ex who just came back into your life, then I suggest you keep your fangs to yourself. What succinct, perfect advice? She's obviously rushing into this. Yeah, she clearly feels like this proves that she's really into Liam. Girl, you ditched him at a party last week. Yeah, she's very much trying to be into Liam, but he's just not hitting because he's weird. He's he's a weird little pre-med boy who looks like a bug. And you have Ian Summerholder beating down your fucking door. Like He is like attractive enough, but when you stack him up to the other boys on this show, he's not. So like I could see like the memories of Damon are not in her mind. She's looking at Liam. She's like, that guy's hot. Now she's seen Damon. She's like, I don't think I knew what a hot guy was, honestly. I'm recalibrated. Yeah, I can't do it anymore. It's over. And all you ever talk about is medicine, even getting ahead of myself when there's actively a spell going on. He has no hobbies. If someone asked him what he was thankful for, he'd say ibuprofen. (laughs) He'd say med school, but he's not even in med school. This would be embarrassing. He'd say the white coat I'll someday have. Loser. He would say my MCAT tutor. He'd say the fact that my high school bullies can't get me here. (laughs) I know he was bullied relentlessly. Yeah. And for good reason. (laughs) Joe enters and Elena says, oh, where's Alaric? And Joe says, don't kill the messenger. Something about an impromptu guys weekend. Now, Joe, (laughs) how did you not immediately know this was a lie? Because why are they having an impromptu guys weekend on a Thursday? Well, and on Thanksgiving of all Thursdays. Girl. Like what? Where where are they going on their weekend to visit their families? 
No. And he already cooked the turkey, clearly. <laughs> Elena is on the phone and she's talking to Rick and she says, you can't miss Friendsgiving. I mean, Matt and Jeremy are already cleaning up the whole trip mess and Caroline's mom has to work. We're already low on friends as it is. Matt and Jeremy are just in charge of trip. They yeah. said, you guys deal with that. If you can't make it to Friendsgiving, oh, well. Yeah. Rick says, well, if it's any consolation, our Thanksgiving was roadside chili. By the car, Stefan says to Damon, like, hey, uh, quick question. Were you invited to Friendsgiving? And Damon says, uh, yeah, of course. Caroline demanded I bring string beans. Damon's like, of course I was invited. Everybody loves me. That's my friends. Yeah, I got invited to Friendsgiving by my friends. And Stefan just says, huh. And Damon says, why were you not invited? Which this must be so fun for Damon because there were, have been many times in the past that Stefan would be invited and Damon wouldn't be. Or at least they were both invited. This has never happened. I would be willing to bet this is the first time that Damon has been invited somewhere that Stefan wasn't. Yeah. Easily. And so Damon's like, wow. And Elena doesn't even have her memories. Like that doesn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. Stefan says, no, I wasn't invited. And he tries to be like kind of chill about it. But Damon knows what it's about. Damon says, oh boy, you messed with the wrong girl's feelings. On the phone. Elena says, what do you mean Bonnie's in the prison world? Damon said she wasn't there. Damon said that she found peace. Why wouldn't he tell me this? And Damon from away from the phone, who's been listening, of course, says, why wouldn't I consult you in a decision that might permanently change your life? I wonder. And Alaric says he didn't want to get your hopes up. And Rick also confirms. He says he honestly thought Bonnie died trying to free him. But since she sent her teddy bear over, it could mean that she's still. And Elena says, oh, my God, Bonnie's still alive. And Rick says, anyway, we're in Portland trying to track down some Gemini thing. And Damon says, Ascendant. It's called The Ascendant. And Elena says, oh my God, this is amazing. This is awesome. Bonnie's alive. And Stefan says, hey, Rick, you might want to keep this news to yourself. I checked this lead four months ago and it was a dead end. He's trying to manage expectations. Rick ignores that. And he says, Stefan sends his love. Yeah, because Rick said, I know what kind of leads, what kind of lead chasing you were doing. Let's just, let's just all get our own view of this first. I'm glad Rick's checking it on his own, but let's not pretend like Stefan was wrong to abandon this lead. Yeah, but I, I'm not convinced he did the level of research that this lead required, which, you know, he didn't know he needed it. None of them did. Rick didn't do any more research. No one did any okay. research here. Well, here's, here's my thing. Here's my thing. Let's just and get this, this out of the way because I know yeah. you're a Stefan hater and I'm not going to stand on it. Well, and I recognize that this is me assuming something. So yeah. I'll say that. All three, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but it comes together. All three of them get there and they see the same thing Stefan saw. But they don't like turn away. They talk through it a little bit. I'm under the belief that Stefan was like, nothing's here. Hope's gone and left. Yes, I'm also under that belief. But what did you expect him to do? He was chasing leads that were pre-researched by Alaric when he was chasing leads. He showed up and he saw an empty field. The logical explanation is, oh, guess that's a fake lead. They were following a lot of dead ends. It's not crazy that he saw an empty clearing and was like, oh, I guess that's not here anymore. I don't know. That's a very normal conclusion to come to. And I do think he was kind of, you know, what I do think he was a little bit like maybe he didn't do anything extra, but also there was nothing extra to do. He saw an empty field. The only reason they discover it this time is because he accidentally drop kicks a bear. I just think this is the kind of thing that, you know, I'm assuming that research highlighted the Gemini, Gemini coven and where their house is. Now you didn't find any research that like a house burned down. Where did the house go? Just a little bit of investigative work of like, we know something was here. What happened to it? Well, but they didn't even know something was there. I'm, I'm saying if they did, which they may not have, give it from Alaric's research. We don't know what 
any research he was given was, but what we do know they knew about the Gemini coven was that they were a coven that learned how to communicate with their relatives on the other side. Mm -hmm. That's all we know about them. So we have no reason to believe they have some like beautiful compound. And we also have no reason to believe, especially on the heels of travelers, that they have been settled in one place and have stayed there. I don't think there's anything more Stefan could have done. And also when the three of them get here, and we'll get to that in a second, none of them do anything that Stefan didn't do. They just hang out because they flew out here and then they accidentally discover it. But if they if Stefan did not dropkick to that bear, Alaric and Damon would have said, okay, well, we tried. Let's go back. We don't know that. They might have done something else. They might have followed that lead. But what would they have done? When when you see an empty field, what what would you want them to do with an empty field? I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself. He was my first guess. Check if something's underground. It's a giant coven in Oregon. It's not crazy to expect some cult-like tendencies. Sure. But also, they have super hearing. We didn't see Stefan go here the first time, but I'm sure Stefan turned his ears on at least. Well, okay, but in this bunker underground, they have cameras and they knew to be quiet when someone showed up. They said, shh, 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 shh. I'm just- So why would they do that here then too, if they're underground? Well, it wasn't relevant here. I'm just saying, I don't think Alaric and Damon would have done anything different. They They can only be so quiet once you start digging in the ground. So you want them to just dig all day? That's what you want them to do. What, they're going to turn right around? They can't take out a shovel for 20 minutes? It would take more than 20 minutes. Well, there's two people with super strength. I think 20 minutes could get them a pretty good distance to at least a pipe set up. Not if they really want to stay hidden. I think you're in a hating Stefan era. No, I think I'm in a, I'm holding a lot of resentment because I don't think Stefan did enough following leads when Damon was on the other side because he was in a bad place. So this is just an example of a lead that he didn't follow, but it's because he was in a bad place. Well, but also- even if Stefan was in the best place of his life, I don't think he would have gotten anything better from this lead, given what he knew at the time. You have to remember that when they're showing up here this time, they have a lot more context. That is true. What Stefan got was there is a coven in Oregon who can communicate with people on the other side. How much time did he spend in Oregon? We don't know. Well, I mean, less than two months because he met Ivy at two months. Well, that's, the th- but he went out to check it. Like, that's the thing. It's, there's nothing else he could have done to figure this out. And the fact that the three of them are there together, yes, it encourages them to look a little longer, but Stefan did nothing wrong by looking at an empty field and assuming there was nothing here. Supernatural creatures move on because they don't want to be found. No, and I agree with that. I just think it's unfortunate that this is like the one lead that ended up being important that he didn't follow up on. Yeah, but he did he, follow he up He couldn't on. have known that. It, we're, you know, we're never going to... He went he, to he follow up on it, but not enough. There was nothing. What else? What did you want him to do? I always said, research where this house went. Dig. Those are two things. (laughs) Now, would the digging have worked? No, but at least he would have done something. You're hell bent on seeing nothing good from Stefan right now. And I'm not going to let you do that. I can see good things from him. I, I see it later in the episode when he actually starts being useful. But at this point, I think in general, he wasn't following leads super aggressively because he had given up hope already. Sure, but m- might I say this to rebut, Alaric was following leads not aggressively either. He wasn't even going to Oregon. He had a full-time job. He had a full, please. He compelled that full-time job. He can compel a week <laughs> off. <laughs> Shut up. He had a full-time job. So did Stefan. He was a mechanic. Stefan was... <laughs> Stefan was the foot soldier in Alaric's mind. Stefan was already traveling. Why would they both travel if Stefan's already traveling? But that's my point. If we want to like be unfair and blame people for things, did Alaric think Stefan was going to be like woohoo, like gung-ho when he was mourning his brother? He told him he was. 
So what, well, Alexa supposed okay. to not take that at face value? Oh, so wait, maybe Alaric should have dug deeper. Maybe Alaric should have investigated that more. I mean, if we wanted, if we want to do this game, we can do this game all no, day. Maybe I, Damon no, should no, have read the newspaper more. No, I'm going to go back. Let's play this game because you want to bring it up so bad. <laughs> I'm sure Alaric said, hey, you good. And Stefan said, yeah, here's another fake lead I'm following. He investigated the investigative point live. Well, that's my point. That's my exact point with Stefan. He investigated. He saw the clearing, but the investigative point lied because it's a house that was invisible. It lied about being visible. <laughs> if you're the foot soldier, you have a, an op. Like, I'm sorry. Okay, here's the thing. Do you expect Brian Williams, for example, to go do the deep investigation? No, that's the field reporter's job on the news. Stefan is the field reporter. Alaric is Brian Williams, Lester Holt, Katie Couric. But they're all part of the same team. And I'm just saying, and I'm not saying like Brian Williams needs to do more, but it's not fair for him to expect the field reporter to to know that there's an invisible house, especially when Brian Williams didn't bother investigating himself. It's not the field. Brian Williams has other news to report. The field reporter went to the field. That's the field reporter's job. But the field was empty. The field reporter went to the field and turned around. They didn't do any reporting. They reported empty field. Dead end. I, I don't think I don't think we're resolving this because you're wrong. <laughs> no, because I'm right. You don't want to admit I'm right. The thing is, you know, you know that you're being unfair to Stefan. I do. I respect that. I'm just bringing up the Alluric thing. I'm not saying any of that about Alluric because I don't really believe yeah. that because I think he did the most work he possibly could with what he had at the time. But I'm just bringing that up to show you how stupid your argument is. <laughs> no, I respect that I am coming at this from a place of like, Haterade. Anger at Stefan. Haterade, as, yeah. as some say. You've been sipping your haterade. <laughs> but that that doesn't make my point not accurate. I think the field reporter analogy really says it all. I don't think so. Here's the thing. I'm going to defend Stefan to the death. But I will admit when Stefan makes mistakes. Stefan makes a lot of mistakes with Caroline in these first few episodes this season. This particular thing is not a mistake Stefan made. It is him doing exactly what he was asked to do. He followed the lead. He found nothing. He left. I think because we know that he was telling Alaric he was following leads while he was being a mechanic and dating Ivy, we can't really trust how much he was following. But this lead he literally followed. This was like the last one he followed. He told us that. He went to Oregon. It's clear what we both think on this. Yeah. Listeners, sound off. (laughs) Why is Stephanie wrong? And how does she get by (laughs) being this stupid? (laughs) I'm just not blinded by Paul Wesley the way you were. I'm busy being blinded by Ian Summerhold. Yeah, exactly. You have your own problems. <laughs> My own issues. I'm busy also, thinking Kai has a reason for all this shit. Yeah, I was going to say, talk about being blinded. You were jumping through hoops to defend Kai killing children. And you know what? The thing is, I will continue to do that this episode. So when you get mad at me for my opinions, consider the source. Elena says, wait, what? And Rick hangs up on her. <laughs> and then Elena smiles because Caroline is there. And Caroline says, Bonnie's alive. And they smile. They're so happy. BFF's excited. I love when the girlies are besties. And we haven't seen the three of them together, obviously, in a while. Bonnie, I mean, has been kicked consistently. So yeah. it's nice to see a little bit of optimism for her. Bonnie has been going through it. Since, like, season three. Yeah, honestly. Two, even. Because she basically died at, like, the decade days in season two. Oh, and then her, you know, grandma died in season one. I mean, really, she's been yeah. going through it the whole time. But it's gotten progressively worse. Yeah. In Portland... Rick says, oh, so is that the reason, like, Caroline assigned me the turkey and the cranberries? Stefan wasn't invited. 
you know Stefan got assigned the turkey because he's canonically a good cook and I know he cooks a mean turkey. <laughs> it and the cranberries are very much a lyric's job because it's like that's Rick Speed. If you want to cook something, well, you know, there are cans. Exactly. You can make a sauce, but no one's gonna care if you just buy two cans. Yeah. Damon says, see what you did? Now we're pulling your weight. I really hope you figure this out before Christmas. See, I love these two ganging up on Stefan because I'm in my hater mode. Yeah. Well, they're right to gang up on Stefan for this. Again, I'm fine <laughs> ganging up on Stefan, but it has to be for good reason. <laughs> I've heard your point and I disagree. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been this unfair to Damon. I'm just going to say that. I, I doubt you have. Well, because exactly. Damon hasn't done anything that would... Let's not even open that can of worms because yes, he has. Um, Stefan, <laughs> Stefan says, well, I'm glad you're both finding amusement in this. And Damon says, you know, why don't you just date her and put us all out of our misery? Thank you, Damon. My thoughts exactly. Someone had to say it to Stefan's face. Stefan says, well, because I don't think about her that way. She's my friend, king of compartmentalization. D- Stefan, wake up. Damon says, who would make a great girlfriend? Look. One, she's hot, objectively. Rick says, two, she puts up with you. Damon says, big plus. Three, very well organized. They are sterile shippers. Yeah, they're like, come on, Stefan, this would be a really good thing for you. Yeah. Stefan says, or- organizational skills. And Damon says, there are no drawbacks to this woman, Stefan. Love to see Damon defending Caroline. There was a mm-hmm. time he was talking a lot of shit about her, but he's come around. Yeah, he's come around. He's gotten to know her and he sees he sees the vision now. Rick says, the one drawback to Caroline is she slept with you, Damon. Damon says, see, another plus. <laughs> Damon says, see, taste. <laughs> they arrive to an empty clearing. And Stefan says, oh, look, we're here. Behold the Gemini coven, exactly how it looked four months ago, when I followed this lead and I did everything I could and I shouldn't be blamed for the fact that I found nothing. Exactly as it looked four months ago. I kind of remember. I looked at it for five seconds and left. What else is there to see? <laughs> we go over to the prison world. Hi and Bonnie are walking to the same clearing. We see the same brick posts, eagle-eyed viewers. Kai says, ah, memories. But when we see Kai there, there's a house. So at first it's like, oh, maybe this house disappeared. Well, as I said, my first thought was, well, they built a complex underground. Not so. <laughs> not so, but not the worst guess. It's a hidden house. Turns out it was hidden magically. Yeah. Overall, I was correct. Sure, say what you need to say. Kai walks up to the porch and he says, ah, pitter-patter of little siblings' feet. Witchy woo chanting in the air. Mom and dad calling me an abomination. Bonnie says, why'd you want to come back here? Yeah. And he says, because I can finally show it to someone. You know, my coven goes out of their way to make sure no one finds this. But since they're not here to be paranoid freak shows, mi casa es su casa. So they go inside. In Portland, Stefan says, like I said, 3,000 miles ago, it's not here. Can we go home now, please? Rick says, check the GPS again. Just because we don't see anything doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Damon says, not unlike Caroline's feelings for Stefan. And Stefan says, oh yeah, that's hilarious. Keep him coming. Damon grabs the bear, Miss Cuddles, and makes her talk. He uses a silly voice. He says, oh no, Stefan is feeling sensitive about ruining his friendship with Caroline. She really liked him and he broke her heart. And Rick says, see, Stefan, even the bear knew. Classic Damon and Alurk, bestie vibes. Damon makes the bear say, I saw that from a mile away and my brain is made of cotton. He's so cute. Stefan's had it. He takes the bear and says, give me this. He like pulls it and he drop kicks it. And as he drop kicks it, it goes through some like rippling invisible shield. And then the house appears. (laughs) Damon walks to the porch to pick up Miss Cuddles and says, Miss Cuddles, one, invisible creepy mansion, zero. We go over to Friendsgiving at Whitmore. The table is set. Tyler is there. Liv comes in and says, where do you want the stuffing? She brought the stuffing. Tyler says, well, hello to you too. 
Liv is immediately in a sour mood from the moment she walks in. I don't, I'm not saying she doesn't have a reason, but she's really bringing the vibes down right away. Like, I respect that it's a bad day for you, but you know, you're at Friendsgiving, have a glass of wine. <laughs> it's fair for her to be upset, but A, what are you going to do about it? B, if you're going to bring the vibes down, don't go to a party. Yeah. If I was in like a week having to kill my sister, I probably wouldn't go to Friendsgiving. Me personally. Joe appears and says, oh, I'll take the stuffing. Hi, I'm Joe. You look, she looks at Liv and she's like, have we met before? And Liv says, Liv and no, you, but you're dating my occult studies professor, which I guess somehow earned you an invite to Thanksgiving dinner. Okay. And that attitude earned you an invite? Yeah, exactly. And also, surely in your time with Tyler you've been spending, he's mentioned Alaric's relationship to the group. Yeah. I love that you said in your time with Tyler. <laughs> I, I could see you looking for a word other than relationship. Well, because they clearly aren't in a relationship. They clearly haven't yeah. gone on dates. <laughs> yeah. They're just like kind of in love with each other for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> they barely hang out. They always seem surprised that the other one is there. Yeah. But they're like sharing a passionate love where they're willing to kill for each other. It's yeah. like, okay. What is happening with you two? Do you even know each other's middle names? Do you even know each other's last name? Have you guys ever like just sat down and watched a movie together? Had dinner? No. You just give Tyler kegs. Give Tyler kegs and suffocate and people. Kill a man hit. in front of him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Joe says, okay, nice to meet you too. Tyler says, where's Luke? And Liv says, outside testing a new filter on his phone. See, because he's he's living it up before he probably has to die. <laughs> he said, look, I can't control it. Might as well make a highlight reel. Can we use it for the funeral? <laughs> he said, I'm making a slideshow. It'll be really cute. Liv says he's making this stupid retrospective video for her birthday. 22. Go us. This drop, I was like, oh, the number 22 and it's the Gemini Coven and their twins. That's significant. And it is. You really nailed it on that one. And it's, I mean, also because the way she's saying it, it's like, well, you seem really unexcited to turn 22 in a way that clearly something's up. Yeah, there's something going on here. That's not old enough to be that depressed about your birthday yet. Yeah, exactly. She hands Tyler her coat and sulks off to Lord knows where. Elena comes in and she looks at Tyler and she mouths like, what's with her? And Tyler shrugs. He's like, I never know. And then even worse, Liam comes in. But the funniest thing about Liam coming in is he brought Chardonnay. Because he thinks Elena likes Chardonnay. <laughs> Poor Chardonnay. guy. <laughs> oh, I giggled. Elena says, oh, Liam, you're here. And he says, bearing the white wine of surrender, I owe you an apology. I checked Lady Whitmore's medical records again and everything was normal, which I would have known if I had double checked them before making accusations that were unfounded, baseless, dickish. Is that enough adjectives? And Elena says, getting there. As if she, girl- it's greedy to ask for an apology. He's such a bitch. He's like <laughs> apologizing for something that was very reasonable. And she's like, well, you could apologize a little bit more. Girl. He's like, just say, oh, no, don't worry about it. Don't don't get greedy. It's OK. I get it. It was a stressful night. Yeah. No, call yourself a dick again. <laughs> <laughs> Joe approaches and says, oh, boy, am I glad to see you. And she takes the two bottles of wine and says, you too, Liam. She's real. She's just like me. <laughs> Elena and Liam smile at each other. They walk in. She gives Liam a plate to put on the table, I guess. Make himself useful. Even though she's right by the table. <laughs> she's, also, she's like, I'm not carrying this. I'm a woman. Now that a man's here. <laughs> she goes to Joe and says, hey, did you and Joe says risk my career switching Lady Whitmore's medical chart? I'm glad it worked. And Elena says, thank you. And this is so funny because 
in about 20 minutes, Elena's going to compel it away anyway. So Joe yeah. risked her career for nothing. We go back to Portland. Damon rings the doorbell on the house. No one answers. Stefan says, hey, just food for thought. Anyone want to take a stab at how Bonnie's teddy bear undid whatever was cloaking this place? Great question. Great question. Some might even say helpful. Yeah, no, the, he start, at, once the teddy bear hits the house, he's helpful. Up until that point, not so much. But he's, he's in his helpful bag now. Okay, good. <laughs> he does start working. It just, he took a little warm-up time. That's fine. Believe what you want to believe. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Thank you. I think I might. <laughs> I intend to. I can and I have. Damon says, he said without laughing. Rick says, Joe told me she got rid of her magic by putting it away for safekeeping. Maybe Bonnie put her magic away in this. One thing about Rick is he's going to think critically every time. He's going to understand the connections. He's going to put pieces together. What did they do without him? He actually, you know, I'll say it. He actually is a good occult studies teacher. Yeah. And honestly, being an occult studies teacher only makes him better at his free time activities. Yeah. Stefan says, why would Bonnie put her magic in Miss Cuddles? But Damon knows the answer. He says, oh my God, I just realized. To keep Kai from using her to get out. See, and Damon's proximity to alert, that brought out some of those muscles again. Mm -hmm. Now he's thinking too. Now he's thinking. Damon opens the door, but of course he can't get in because he's a vampire. And Rick says, can't say I missed that. Damon says, all yours, bro. And Rick goes in and goes upstairs. Luckily, no one's home. And it's unlocked because the house is invisible. So why bother locking it? Exactly. We go over to the prison world. We see the hallway of the Gemini house and there's blood smeared all over it. So at first it looks like we're back in 1994, mm -hmm. but we see Kai come in and meet Bonnie in the kitchen. So we know that like this was just the state of the house when he was imprisoned, which of course has um, his siblings blood on the wall. Yeah, because that's why he went to prison. Kai is walking in with wine and he says, smells great. Not exactly a turkey dinner, but it's what my family had in the fridge on May 10th, 1994. And then she reaches for his page and he says, don't touch that. And she says, your pager? Why? And he says, because it's brand new, looks cool, and I don't want you to bust it. Also, I've got a joke planned for later. I've already programmed the joke in, and it's funny, so. But I don't want you looking at it. It'll spoil the <laughs> joke. Yeah. <laughs> Bonnie says, listen, Kai, my magic's gone, which means we will be stuck here forever. So why don't we just divide the world in half and go our separate ways? I respect that Bonnie is like, look, I'm just going to be here now. But of course, do you think Kai came to Portland just to hang out in Portland? Yeah, I think he has a plan to get some magic out of this. <laughs> yeah, do you think he kidnapped you to just hang out? He could have had Thanksgiving in Mystic Falls. Yeah, he has a he has a plan here. Kai says, "Look, I get it. I knocked you out. I kidnapped you against your will. Can't you see I'm trying to apologize? <laughs> You've already done enough that you need to apologize for, and then you did more. Yeah, so not really a, a worthwhile apology." Bonnie says, "Listen, I will never trust you." or like you, or enjoy your company for so much as one second. So quit trying. Just let me leave here unharmed. She does specify that. Kai says, fine. Can we at least have one last dinner conversation before my eternity of aloneness resumes? And she says, so you agree. One last dinner, and then we peacefully go our separate ways. Now, unfortunately, that's not legally binding. So he agrees to yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, agreeing to something doesn't really hold any weight for him. His word means absolutely nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he says, you know what? In the spirit of Thanksgiving, I'll even let you take my car. He lies. Yeah. But this is enough to convince Bonnie to just relax a little bit. So she says, how can I help? And grabs herself some wine. Because she's tired. She just wants to enjoy a glass of wine and a meal. There are worse ways to spend the day. Well, not really. The, bu the bulk of the day, yeah. The end really sours the rest of the day. At this point, it seems like a fine day. Yeah. 
We go back over to Whitmore Friendsgiving, and Caroline says, okay, if everyone could gather around the table at their assigned seats, and as she's talking, Luke comes in with his headphones and says, sorry, I'm late. You couldn't have made it two minutes earlier? Yeah. Caroline says, okay, we will each share something that we are thankful for in 100 words or less. So. Obviously, I'm standing, Caroline, but I'll give you two reasons why I'm standing extra hard right now. First of all, assigned seats. That's how you do it at a dinner party like this. You need to be careful with how you set people up, mm-hmm. especially at Thanksgiving. Emotions come out. Yeah. Second of all, 100 words or less. Thank you for saying it. Because some people, it's like blah, 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 blah about what they're thankful for. It's like, say your family and move on. Yeah, move through it. So she gets everyone ready to sit down, but then immediately Tyler gets up and goes to live. It's like, okay, fuck me. Yeah. And he says, hey, you want to drink? Like, once we sit, there's a good chance Caroline won't let anyone get up. And Liv says, I'm not really in the mood. Then, girl, why'd you come here? She is begging someone to ask her about this. But then she's like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, then hide it better. Tyler says, hey, did I do something to piss you off? And she says, no, you didn't. And then Luke says, hey, anyone want to see some embarrassing baby videos of Liv? And Caroline says, you know, actually, now would be a great time to shut down anything with an on and off switch. She's like, we're literally sitting down to dinner. So I do think we should put the phones away. And you know that she allowed this arrival time. You know, she gave everyone mingling time, cocktail hour time. Mm-hmm. I know she organized this well. I'm sure she padded it because she knew some people would be late. But it's like, well, the food's on the table, guys. Yeah, you've pushed her too far. Tyler and Liv gather around Luke's phone. It's like, OK, I guess we're not starting dinner. Fine. There's a video. There's like two kids. And Caroline says, no, please let the food get cold. Whatever. This is far more important. The person taking the video says, happy birthday, wave to me. And it's Liv and Luke on screen. And they say, hi, Josie. So we know it's young Joe taking the video. And young Joe says, how old are you? And they say four. (laughs) And she says, oh, how do you add that? You guys want to do numbers? So she does like one plus one, two plus two. They're watching. It's very cute. And current Joe comes in, present day Joe, comes back to the room while they're watching this video. She's holding a cut crystal bowl of cranberry sauce. I was like, oh, here goes more cut crystal to the ground. But she held on to it. I know. She's she's stronger than most people on this show. She saved that cut crystal. I thought it was going to fall for the drama. And then I saw it was cut crystal. I was like, oh, that's going down. <laughs> Say goodbye. <laughs> One more bowl. Joe says, what are you watching? Because she recognizes it. Yeah, because she's hearing her voice on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Elena says, that kind of sounds like your voice. And Joe says, yeah, it is my voice. And Liv, like, looks at her like, who the fuck are you? I was so rude to you earlier, and now I think I... Yeah. Oh, shit. Do I have to be nice to you? Fuck. Joe says, I took that video 18 years ago at a birthday party for the twins. And Liv says, oh, my God. And Joe says, Lucas and Olivia? Liv and Luke, Lucas and Olivia. We get it. Luke says, Joe's and Josette? And Elena says, hang on. You guys know each other? Girl, put the pieces together. Girl, they just said their names to each other, so it's pretty obvious. But... It's also for the audience to clarify. So mm-hmm. Joe says, I'm their sister. Now that I didn't get. But also to be fair, Liv and Luke are blonde and Joe is brunette. And they're like way younger. And it is kind of like when you're watching a show like this and we have like clearly the Kai and Joe thing is connected. Clearly the Liv and Luke thing is connected. The Gemini Coven is something like nebulous that is somehow connected probably to Liv and Luke and maybe and definitely to Kai. So partially to Joe somehow too. The simplest answer is that they are all siblings. I was assuming like cousins. Yeah, which I think is a fair assumption, but they make it so obvious that Kai and Joe are siblings that they kind of have to like create another twist at this point because if you haven't guessed Kai and Joe are siblings by now, you're an idiot. You weren't paying attention. They gave us a lot of information. They gave us two pretty giveaway clues. Yes, exactly. Especially if you've been watching this show. You always assume if you're watching The Vampire Diaries, if we meet 
new characters too close to one another, they're related at least emotionally, if not siblings. I mean, mm-hmm. Klaus and Elijah were introduced. We later find out they're brothers. Didn't we know they were siblings? Oh, I guess we didn't. We didn't. No, not yeah. early on. We thought yeah. Elijah was like a soldier who worked for Klaus. Yeah, I thought I was thinking it was the mafia where it was like family in quotes, not yeah. family out of quotes. It, it's actually, this is, <laughs> I mean, not to get on the originals because we're not here, but it is interesting how long you go without officially knowing the originals are siblings. Yeah, I guess that's true. I forgot about that. You don't even realize that like Esther is their mom. Yeah. Even though it's, it seems so obvious in retrospect, but this is the same thing where like them all being siblings is so simple and so obvious that you don't guess it because you're like, that would be too easy. Yeah. I think Julie Plucked is a good mix of like crazy off the wall twists and also like obvious twists because then you're like looking for crazy. And so when it's obvious, you're like, well, I didn't think that. The perfect example is the sun and the moon curse because mm-hmm. the curse of the sun and the moon is so stupid because it's like, it makes werewolves transition on a full moon and vampires can't walk in the sun, but vampires have daylight rings. And if one of them breaks the curse, it only breaks for them and it and the other one has to keep it. It's like unnecessarily complicated that the whole time it is like, this does sound made up. Yeah. <laughs> but it's too, it's too obvious for it to be fake that you're like, no, I believe it's real because you just like accept it. It's the same thing like the first season of The Good Place that you're like, this doesn't really seem like it, like, you know, and spoilers for the twist in The Good Place, but I don't think we need to worry about that at this point. Yeah. But it's like, you're watching it and you're like, Tahani doesn't seem like she was doing good things like for other people. Like, it seems like she was doing it for bad reasons that wouldn't put her in The Good Place, but whatever. Like, you just ignore those things because you're like, that's not relevant. Well, you're like, how did both Eleanor and Jason end up here when they're clearly both bad? This system yeah. is pretty flawed. Yeah, but you're <laughs> like, that's crazy. Anyway. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's just, Sometimes they can hide it right under your nose. It's the power of a good twist. But it is hard to guess that these people are siblings. So you did guess that they were affiliated somehow. So you- That's something. You'll get half a win for that. I appreciate that. We go back to Portland. Rick has come out of the house. He's got a bunch of papers and photos and stuff that he took from the house. He says, there's a bunch of stuff here. Joe lived here. There's a drawer inside full of stuff. Newspaper articles about Joe's medical clamp. Pictures of her as a kid. Pictures of her as a teenager. He's like flipping through them. Damon spots a photo and he says, rewind. He takes out a picture and he says, that's Kai from Planet 1994. It's a picture of young Joe and Kai as we know him. And they are wearing matching Christmas sweaters. Yeah, so that's a pretty uh, pretty dead giveaway. It's Yeah, it's giving twins for sure. Yeah. Stefan says, wait, Joe is his sister? And Damon says, either that or they both have a thing for Cosby sweaters. A man appears. A sexy, sexy man. Yeah, a sexy man appears. Looks like he was just cutting down a tree or something. Yeah. Ooh. He says, I didn't know I had guests. You've met Kai. And Damon says, met him. I watched him die, watched him come back to life. Why? You know him? And he says, yeah, he's my son. I'm Joshua Parker. So we're going to look up his IMDb. Two sexy, sexy dad, sexy son. Love it. Sexiness runs in the family. And I did recognize this guy off the top as someone on Criminal Minds. And I would love to have you guess if on Criminal Minds, he's a serial killer or something else. This is really funny because as I was watching this, I was like, oh, I should look up this guy's IMDb. But I was like, I bet that guy's on Criminal Minds. He's so giving Criminal Minds. I would be willing to bet that he's like a chief or a sheriff or some kind of agent, but he's kind of corrupt. A fair guess given what he's given, it's very wrong. Oh no. He's very much a victim, but I get why you wouldn't guess that given his role on this show. Yeah, he's giving evil on this show. The actor's name is Christopher Cousins. He's been in a lot, actually, but most people might know him from. He was on Unreal, which is a TV show on Lifetime that is about like 
it's a fictionalized bachelor type show. He plays a character named Gary. I don't remember him on that show. He's also been on Hallmark movies. He was in a show called The Resident earlier this year. The Emily Van Camp vehicle. It's the guy from, I know him from The Good Wife, but most people know him from Gilmore Girls. Logan from Gilmore Girls, oh. Carrie from The Good Wife. It's his vehicle. I think Emily Van Camp is also on it, though. I don't think she is. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to check really quick. Oh, she is. Sorry. Yeah. She, well, she's not anymore. Spoiler. No. <laughs> I, oh, no. You spoiled The Resident. <laughs> he was also on Glee, seven episodes. He played Superintendent Bob Harris. So maybe that's where I'm getting like corrupt official. Corrupt like official, yeah. Subliminal glee. Because <laughs> I can't imagine the superintendent is the hero of the day. Uh, yeah. He was on the ABC family show Twisted, which starred Yvonne Jogia. My husband. He's been on also any number of like CSI, The Mentalist, Chicago Fire, a lot of procedurals. Mm-hmm. Rizzolian Isles, Private Practice. We got it. He was also on 13 episodes of Breaking Bad. Oh. So good for him. I've never seen Breaking Bad, but I know people love it. Oh, he was on a Lifetime movie about Prince William and Kate Middleton. He played Mike Middleton. Have to imagine that's Kate's father. Yeah, I did watch a couple Lifetime versions of that. He was also in Legally Blondes, the sequel with the twins, an episode of Chuck. He was also on Lipstick Jungle. I remember seeing ads for that when I was little. Basically, if you name a procedural, he's been on it. Good for him. His bio does say... He has an intriguing, dark, and captivating screen presence. I would say that's true. I think that's very true, especially with the beard. So anyway, he introduces himself. He says, I'm Joshua Parker. Damon says, Damon Salvatore. They shake hands, and Joshua very coolly says, Invisiqua. Stefan and Rick are just like, what just happened? And they're like looking around. They're <laughs> acting. Yeah. <laughs> and Damon says, what's wrong with you guys? And Joshua says, oh, they can't see you, Damon. Which means they also can't see this. And then he does the classic aneurysm spell. It's classic for a reason. It really works. When it works, it works. Stefan and Rick are just in the empty clearing, and they're concerned. Because now not only did Damon and this random dude disappear, the house also disappeared. Yeah. We go back to Whitmore Friendsgiving. Caroline says, okay, gotta ask, if you don't know each other, how did you all just so happen to end up at the same tiny liberal arts school? Excellent question. Thank you, Caroline, for saying it. And Joe says, we had a family friend here, Sheila Bennett. You were guessing this from the minute we met Liv. Yeah, from the jump. So go Stephanie on that. I mean, I had to. Elena says, oh, you knew Bonnie's grams. And Joe says, she took me under her wing. She also helped my family put Kai away. So we know that she was instrumental in the creation of the prison world. Hence how she knew about it when she was trying to find somewhere for Bonnie to go (laughs) when the other side collapsed. Yeah. Which I love this because... I know Joshua is pissed that Sheila put Bonnie there. Oh, yeah. He doesn't know Sheila did it, obviously. I mean, I he might be able to put the pieces together. I don't know. But, but I know he's pissed a Bennett ended up there. Yeah. He's like, after all that, there's a fucking Bennett down there? One thing about the Bennets is they're going to defend their own. Yeah. If your opinions differ at all from them, they are not a good teammate because they will betray you. Yeah. Elena says, oh, Kai is in Damon's Kai? Joe says, um, as in our brother, my twin. Yeah, she said, I wouldn't call him Damon's. Yeah. So she reveals that Kai is not only her brother, but her twin. And this is really funny because you were like, I'm going to go so crazy with it. They're brother and sister. And I was like, oh, it's even crazier. You didn't go far enough. This this pissed me off that I didn't guess twin. Because it's not like I didn't have the knowledge of the of the Gemini coven. I've been saying that coven is all twins for fucking seasons. 
And I didn't guess this. Well, I was like, well, they're different ages. I know. Well, I will say, too, there's a point where we talk about, like, you're like, how old is she? 30? So what age would she have been in 1994? And also, that doesn't account for the fact that Kai froze in time at 1994. Mm -hmm. Which I knew, but I don't think I connected correctly. Yes. You were getting near it at one point, this realization, but you didn't quite get there. When she said that, it pissed me off so bad. Because (laughs) that was, that's one of those things, like, there are some guesses that they reveal, and it's like, okay, well, I wasn't going to get there. This one, it's like, okay, Stephanie, where the fuck was your head? Yeah, you could have gotten there, girl. This this should have been obvious. This should have been a guess. It's one thing when it's like Silas is Stefan's doppelganger. It's like, okay, well, you probably weren't going to get there. And that's no fault of your own. But this... I have been saying that Coven is all twins. And Kai's not a twin. Why would I... It was stupidity on my part. Especially, she's the only (laughs) sibling he kept alive. Why did he yeah. pick her? Granted, it's we know it's more merge-based than anything. It's like, her being his twin would be a great justification for not killing her. It would have been. If only I had gotten there. Poor Stephanie. And sometimes there are those realizations that, like, come after the episode. Like, oh, why didn't I think of that? This did not once enter my mind. It did not permeate the brainstem. That thought just wasn't getting in there. Heartbreak. Carolyn says, there are two sets of twins in your family? And Luke says, there were, until my coven put Kai in a prison world. Liv says, now there's just Luke and me. And Liam, out of nowhere, says, I'm sorry, did you just say Coven? And Liam's like, oh my God, Liam's still here. They all just forgot he was there. So Liam's just sitting listening to this like, what the fuck? Oh, that's weird. You're all siblings, Coven. Yeah. And Tyler says, I think he meant oven. What? (laughs) Tyler, I respect what you're trying to do, but that doesn't make a lick of sense. Yeah. Oh, my oven put Kai in a prison world? That makes no sense. He's like, well, it's Thanksgiving. There's got to be an oven. He's not listening to this. He's (laughs) barely tuned in. He's hungry. (laughs) Elena says, yeah, oven. Elena's like, is there any way I can use that? Caroline says, we don't have a wine opener on the table. Liam, she turns to him and she compels him. Says, you have a wine opener in your room. Why don't you go get it? Take your time. And he goes. Because Caroline has no qualms compelling this dude. Yeah. So then Caroline turns back and says, okay, as you guys were saying, you put Kai away. So, okay, now that the dead weight is gone, can we continue this so I can hopefully get to my dinner? Joe says, Kai killed four of our brothers and sisters to make a point, but he was really targeting Lucas and Olivia. Probably should have started with them. Yeah. (laughs) But who am I? Well, I mean, here's the thing about Kai. He's a sociopath who wants to kill people. Yeah. He should probably should have started with Luke and Liv, but he went a little bit overboard. Uh, He snapped. He did. Yeah. Tyler says, why would you target them? Joe says, well, because in our coven, twins are in line to be leaders. And Liv says, hence our lame-ass name, Gemini. And was like, oh my God, Gemini. We should have figured that out episodes ago. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know what? I guess it makes sense with the twin thing and the Gemini. I don't know how we didn't connect this, guys. Wow. Thank you for spelling that out. We were never going to get there. (laughs) Joe says, Kai wanted to be the leader, but that wasn't possible if Lucas and Olivia were alive. We go back to 1994 when Kai is, you know, on his spree. Yeah. Joe is hiding under the bed with Luke and Liv. And Joe narrates, so I protected them with magic. We go back to when Kai was going to lift the bed. He lifts the bed, but he can only see Joe. They love to disappear people. (laughs) Yeah. One thing about them, they're hiding shit. Yeah. Joe says, which just pissed him off more. I'm sure it did. 1994, Kai says, where are they? Joe shakes her head. And Joe narrates, she says, my brother was born without his own magic. He can only draw it from others. It made him feel like a freak. 
My parents saw him acting out, isolating himself, and they realized that he'd never be capable of leading a coven. So they kept having children till another set of twins were born. Look, I respect that Kai is a sociopath. I understand why they did this. How fucking rude that like you're like what? Like they had to start doing this kind of young. He's like six and they're like, well, he sucks. Let's keep popping out babies until we get other twins. And he's like, excuse me? And what's crazy about this also, I mean, maybe it's because he's a siphon, but the whole time they were like, well, Joe will lose the merge, so we can't let that happen. Yeah. You could like you couldn't just train Joe. Yeah, how about you just train Joe to be a strong witch? There's a thought, but no. I will say this reaction you're having to Kai of knowing that he's evil, but also really being like, no one gave him a chance. It's a very popular reaction. I mean, look, I respect that that says something about about my mind that I should probably pay attention to. But there's a reason I've been siding with Damon. I've been siding with Klaus. Of course, I'm siding with Kai in some way. I do think in a way Kai is more evil than Klaus. Mm -hmm. But I do think, and this is a testament to Chris Wood's acting, he's somehow sympathetic despite it all. Mm Mm-hmm. I think he inspires more conflicted emotions than many other villains do. Mm -hmm. Because there are some people, and I respect those of you who are out there, who do not like Kai at all, who think he's totally evil. Yeah. And irredeemable. And then there are people out there who are like, if only his father had hugged him. (laughs) Kai Parker, I wish I was your mother. Literally. In 1994, Kai slams some doors. He's opening closets. He's looking for Luke and Liv. Joe is crying. Kai grabs a bat. And so Joe narrates and says, Kai figured out that, you know, they were trying to have twins so that he wouldn't be the leader. And he snapped. Kai says, where are they? He kicks Joe and Joe says, run. And we see Luke and Liv run and they get out of their like invisibility force field. And Mm -hmm. Kai goes down the hallway with the bat. If he really wants to kill them, he really could have picked up the pace. I'm not saying I wanted him to kill the four year olds. Or picked up a gun. Yeah. So he follows them. We go back to Portland. Damon is laying on the couch inside the Gemini house and he comes to Joshua approaches and says, I just need some information. I'm not looking to make enemies. That's exactly what you're looking for, Joshua. Well, to be fair to Joshua, and I don't want to be like a Joshua stan, but (laughs) Damon's not coming in with a super open, friendly tactic here. True. And Damon's not being clear about like, where he stands on the whole Kai thing. Yes. He's very much, and I'm getting ahead of myself a little, but he's very much implying like he wants Kai out. It's like, you should probably make it clear you would rather he did. Yeah, or just be a little bit more straightforward. Damon says, funny way of showing it. And Joshua says, you were trapped with Kai. I need to know how you got out. And Damon says, strangest four months of my life. The whole repeating the same day thing, concerning. Tell him how you got out. Yeah, Joshua's like, I didn't ask how long you were there or how it was. I asked how you got out. He said, and I imagine the repeating the same day is concerning. That's why I chose it. It's prison. I wanted it to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Joshua says, is Kai still there? And Damon says he is with my friend Bonnie, which leads me to why I'm here. Joshua says, does Kai know how to escape? Damon says, I'll tell you everything you want to know. Answer that question then. He says, but first, I need something from you. It's round, about gay big, a bunch of gears and wheels. Harder described than I thought. Joshua says, the ascendant. Yes, I'm familiar with it. And Damon says, you know it. Great. Where is it? Joshua says, why would I give you a key to my son's prison? Damon says, because I'll say please. Again, you could make it clear here. My friend Bonnie is stuck there. It would be helpful to also say she's a Bennett, by the way. So it would behoove you to get her out of there. Yeah. Like my friend Bonnie's there. She's a Bennett. You don't want her there with Kai either. And he can't get out if she's not there. 
I would like her out. You probably also want her out for that reason. So can we work together here? Yeah, so let's work together, get her out, while also keeping Kai in. Mm -hmm. Not like it'll really matter, it seems, but we'll get there. Yeah. Joshua says, do you have any idea what it feels like to come home and find four of your kids dead, another impaled, and two running for their lives? Do you think that image has ever left my mind? Which is a fair question. This Yeah, now that is depressing. You go back over to Whitmore Friendsgiving. Liv says Kai was a psychopath, so they sent him away. Kai went to prison, Joe dodged a bullet, and now the leadership falls on us. And Caroline says, awesome. Now that we've all gotten to know each other a bit better, could someone please pass the dinner rolls? She's like, great. Can we eat? Like, can we eat and talk? Liv says, sorry that my family drama isn't appropriate dinner conversation, Caroline. And Caroline says, that's not what I meant. And also, first of all, A, you came to a Thanksgiving dinner. B, Mm -hmm. you brought this up. C, can I not eat while you tell me this? Like, I'm listening, but I'm hungry because you guys were late to dinner. You were late, then you sat down and watched a little video on your phone. No one said what they're thankful for yet, and I'm over it. And no one has complimented the decorations that I slaved over. And it was so nice of you to bring food, but now it's all getting cold, so why'd you even bring the food? Yeah, in about 10 minutes, the rolls will be heard. I saw Tyler cheap out on the roll selection. Don't think I ignored that. I know he went to the Bergen section, so I know they're already stale. I know they're three days old. (laughs) Liv gets up. Tyler says, Liv. And Liv says, just leave me alone. And she leaves. Elena says, okay, I think I might have missed something. This is on me. If you and Liv can both be the leaders of your coven, why'd she just get so upset? And Luke says, because there aren't two leaders. Are there, Joe? Why didn't Joe say it? How's it Joe's fault? Joe says, in our coven's tradition... After their 22nd birthday, the twins merge their strength. The stronger one wins, absorbing their twins' power, and the weaker of the two... And everyone's like, what? What does the weaker one do? And Luke says, dies? And he leaves. <laughs> what do you mean, what does the weaker one do? I think it's pretty clear by the vibes in here. It's so a uh, direct version of Wizards of Waverly Place. Yes. So now we know a big hallmark of the Gemini Coven mm-hmm. is that their leader is a twin who essentially absorbs the other twin's power. It's called the merge. Yeah, which seems unnecessary. Who told y'all to do this? I'm guessing nature. Sure. Or tradition. I mean, who told anyone to do It seems like it's more of a tradition than anything, which is, I think, getting to Tyler's point later of like, just don't. Yeah. We go over to Skullbur. Liv is just pouring herself shots and drinking them. And it's either vodka or gin, so this night's about to go bad. Yeah. Tyler comes in and says, Caroline's looking for you. She wanted to apologize. She doesn't need to apologize. She's being nice to offer that, but she doesn't have to. Tyler says, why didn't you tell me? And Liv says, what, that my coven requires me and my brother to merge when we turn 22? Because that's not totally screwed up. First of all, yeah, why would she tell you? And when would she have told you? After she killed a man? How would she bring this up? She said, well, now that I've killed a guy for you, let me tell you a secret about me. Speaking of killing a guy, I'm probably going to have to kill my brother in about two weeks. (laughs) Tyler says, you're talking to a guy with a gene that turns him into a wolf. Way less confusing than the Gemini thing, by the way. Yeah, Tyler, that one was pretty straightforward. There's a reason it got brought up in season two, okay? And also not even active. And also, you just have to avoid killing someone. Yeah, you have substantially more control over that than she does. Tyler's just, look, if you don't want to merge, don't. Oh, oh, Uh, problem solved. I I never considered that. I didn't even think. Well, I just don't have to. So I won't. He went to the Elena Gilbert School of Dealing with Issues. Yeah, be so serious, Tyler. 
Um, he says, your coven doesn't control you. This is coming from the guy who had a sire bond and mm-hmm. would have jumped off a bridge if Klaus told him to. You know, I know that you got out of the sire bond and you got other people out of the sire bond. Tyler, do you remember how that ended for all the people you unsired? Sometimes, unfortunately, magic does control you. Yeah. If we've learned anything. That's like the whole thing about magic. Sometimes you can't change it. Sometimes you can't outrun it. Yeah. Liv says, my coven needs a leader. You don't understand that because you're not one of us. That's giving cult for sure. Yeah. She says, you're not even supposed to be in my life. Girl, did you think you weren't going to make any friends ever? I Well, you could have just not hung out with people. This all comes back to don't go to Friendsgiving. He says, let me help you. And she says, you can't help me. Why do you think I'm trying to get rid of you? She says, and she gives it her best, trying to make this sound like something this character would say. She says, when I look at you, I feel everything I don't get to have. It's like, you guys like each other that much? Well, it's also like, I don't want to be rude to Luke. But let's be serious, Liv's winning the merge. What makes you say that? She is stronger. What makes you say that? I just, I I think I just feel it. I don't know. We've seen Luke do very little magic. And we see Liv like kind of train a little more. Not train, but at least like practice. And we've seen Liv be very, very strong. Yeah. Which I think we go back to when we first met Liv that she was saying like, oh, I things have gone too far for me in the past, Mm -hmm. whatever, which I don't think they meant this to be a foreshadowing at all. But I think she knows that she's very strong. And I think she thinks if she can tamper it down, maybe she won't kill her brother. I agree with that assessment. I just wanted to dig into it since you were very sure of it. They're going to kill off the one gay character. (laughs) (laughs) They said, that's that's enough representation. Liv says, I either die in the merge or I get to live with the fact that I killed my own brother. So tell me, Tyler, how can you help with that? And he says, well. He says, well, I already told you, just don't. When you put it. Don't do it. He said, just don't merge. Do you think the merge is something avoidable? Do you think it's a tradition that they just do that, like, with the right kind of persistence, they could just not do it? Or do you think, like, there's consequences if they don't do it? Do you think it's possible that they won't have to merge? I think it is more of a tradition than anything. Like, I think what it does is provide a level of power that they want to have to protect their coven. But I don't think they necessarily have to do it. I do think the consequences of not doing it, I think the rest of the coven would kind of force a merge, essentially. Sure. What do you think the consequences would be if they don't merge? I think they probably just have weaker powers. Or I could see them using, like, you know, they have one siphon in the family. We have to imagine there's not another one else since they treated him like such an abomination. But there may be a way to essentially take their magic or say, like, if you don't merge, like, you have to relinquish your magic. But they still need a leader. Or they kill one anyway and just make the call for them. Sure. I do want to bring up to it at this point. I think it's so interesting with this information. Like, so you guys sent the two potential leaders to deal with the traveler bullshit? Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> Which I think we just have to ignore, but I have to giggle. Yes, it is like, maybe you shouldn't have sent those two. I think probably they sent them, I don't know, because they sent them to Whitmore. And they we have to assume that they went to Whitmore because of the connection to Sheila. But Sheila was dead by that point. When I do think it is, I mean, I said this at some point, that it was kind of like a rumspringer. Like, yeah. you guys go to college and like, oh, well, you're here, deal with this. But like, then you come back. after. Also, this is the other thing. Why did Joshua send them to Whitmore where he knows Joe is and not like hook them up with each other? 
Well, maybe he didn't want, because Joe hasn't been in the family. Maybe he didn't want someone who has been outside the family to be like, yeah, it's kind of bullshit that you have to kill your twin. I, th- I don't think he knew if Joe would feel that way, but. But then why would he even let those two go to the school where Joe is? I think he probably assumed they wouldn't interact. He said, what do you want your majors to be? Better not be pre-med. Yeah. Don't go anywhere near that hospital. Yeah. And I will, the other thing that I think is funny. Now, obviously I'm not saying she should have done this, but knowing that like in less than a year, probably one of you is going to die anyway. You could have left Luke on the other side. I know it's, it's sad to say. Of course, of course, like he's your twin brother. You want to have as much time with him as possible. So I'm not saying she should have done that. But obviously there's a, there is the thought of like, probably didn't have to go through all that. Liv could have been like, actually, I don't need to help you guys with that spell because you could just solved one of my bigger problems. In you life. actually solved a problem and sorry that the rest of you died as, and relied on me, but I'm not <laughs> doing this. Yeah. Just a couple things I wanted to raise about this, about Liv and Luke with this information. Good point. We go back to Portland. Joshua lights some candles. And Damon says, so when you say merge, you don't actually mean merge, do you? So Joshua filled Damon in on the merge. And Joshua says, that's exactly what I mean. That's why I said it. Yeah, he said, no, it's a pretty accurate term. He says, if Kai gets out, he'll head straight for Joe. His ability to siphon magic will overwhelm Joe and she will die. And our coven will be left to the whims of a madman. And Damon says, which is now moot, thanks to Blonde and Blonder. Thank God. Okay, let's talk about the Ascendant, please. And Joshua says, I won't let him out, Damon. And Damon says, look, okay, I wasn't going to say anything because you're his dad and all. But if he gets out, I'll just kill him. It's that simple. Damon's like, okay, I feel like I have enough information now that I can say this. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to kill him the whole time. I I tried to kill him in the prison world. (laughs) Joshua says, I've watched Joe her whole life. She's done well on her own, survived war, became a doctor. But if Joe merges with Kai, she will cease to exist. Kai won't just be a coven's problem. He'll be everyone's problem. Because that's kind of Kai's whole gig. He wants to be an issue. Yeah. He thinks it's funny. Joshua puts a locket with a picture of young Joe in like a mortar and pestle bowl. Whenever there's a bowl surrounded by candles, I mean. It's like, oh, okay. Let's blow out some candles. I mean, I know he'll relight them with a spell, but let's at least... Yeah. Hey, Damon. You've seen enough witchcraft to know that he probably shouldn't be doing a spell right now. Yeah, Damon, it looks like he's going to start to do a spell. Maybe we don't Maybe we don't let him. Outside of the house, Rick is on the phone with Joe and says, I think I met your dad. And Joe says, well, that's improbable considering he lives in Portland. And Rick says, the thing is, I'm in Portland. Rick says, well, it's actually a lot more probable than you think. And Joe says, you need to tell me what's going on right now. Meanwhile, Stefan's on the phone with Elena. And Elena says, Damon's gone, as in into thin air. And Stefan says, oop, careful. You just sounded genuinely concerned for my brother. And Elena says, well, I don't have feelings for him anymore, but that doesn't mean I want him to blink out of existence. And Stefan says, he didn't, okay? It's just some kind of cloaking spell. Rick's on the phone with Joe, trying to figure out how to break it. Elena says, and to think, we could have all been sitting around, stuffed, playing board games. And Stefan says, well, I couldn't have been, because I wasn't invited. (laughs) And I wish that you all could have been while I sat at home, being depressed. He said, actually, I want to bring this up. Actually, I'm glad you said something. You get Caroline on the phone. Yeah. Stefan says, just to be clear, Joe was invited to Friendsgiving, but I wasn't. Number one, she saved Alaric's life. Because <laughs> now it's starting to hurt his feelings. Yeah, he said, you're letting just anybody in. Wait till he finds out Liam was invited. Yeah. Elena says, look, 
Bren code states that in matters such as yours and Caroline's, I must, with no exception, take the side of my best friend. Well, that's new. For once in her goddamn life. Finally, she's siding with Caroline. <laughs> she's never done this. She hates Caroline's ass. She is so jealous of Caroline. She wants her dead. She yeah. never wanted Caroline and Stefan to bond. Yeah. So I guess that's why she's on Caroline's side. She's like, oh, yeah, now you can't be besties. Yeah. She's like, see, <laughs> you're still in love with me, remember? <laughs> Elena says, you should just kiss and make up, okay? It's getting weird. <laughs> Emphasis on the kiss. Yes. <laughs> My eyes go <laughs> wide. <laughs> Stefan says, you're just mad because no one knew how to carve the turkey. Here's how I see Friendsgiving going. Of the people who are at that table, you know who volunteers to carve the turkey? Liam. Tyler. Oh, yeah. Tyler or Liam. But here's the thing. I think Liam will kind of like default to Tyler because he's newer. Um, And Tyler, I know he's cutting uneven as hell. I was going to say there's no consistency. One piece of turkey is like three inches thick and one is like halfway only half the turkey slice because he did it uneven. And Liam, meanwhile, he doesn't realize what carving a turkey means. He just like dismembers the whole thing. Yes, exactly. He is too medical what he does to it. <laughs> and he cuts it up, but it's all the pieces are no better. It's just like, well, Liam completely dices the turkey because <laughs> he's a fucking child. It's like, I don't need a full breast. Can you cut me a slice? It's like, well, that's I want to keep the body parts intact. He's like, can I have the gizzards? <laughs> he, said, he said, dips on the gizzards. Liam returns after going to get the wine opener. And Elena says on the phone to Stefan, because she's looking at Liam, she's thinking of him. She says to Stefan, how did you know you could trust me? And he says, with what? He said, what time? And she says, when you were honest with me about what you were, how did you know that you could trust me with such a huge secret? Well, girl, you kind of figured it out and brought it to him. Well, and you looked just like this girl that he was in love with when he was younger. He loved you enough from the start to save you from a car wreck. So I think he was already on the path. Yeah. Stefan says, it's easy. I was in love with you. I wanted you to know everything. And then he says, you owe me dinner and hangs up because he said, I want fucking turkey. He said, so what? I'm supposed to go buy like a Jenny O turkey breast. It doesn't taste the same. (laughs) So what? I'm supposed to go to McDonald's today? Where am I going to get dinner? What other excuse do I have to eat pumpkin pie? Yeah, I know he loves pumpkin pie. I love pumpkin pie. It's okay. I know that's a controversial opinion. I don't think it's controversial. I actually think it's more controversial that I don't like pumpkin pie. I think it's like 50-50. Listeners, sound off. (laughs) Elena looks at Liam and he smiles at her. Boo, stop it. And this whole conversation is so obnoxious because it's like, Elena, I need you to be serious about this. If you have to ask, you're not in love with him enough to tell it. Yeah. If you have to ask, you shouldn't be telling him. And also, like, think about in the past. When you told people, it was because they would be somehow helpful to the cause. Can you imagine Liam being involved in any of the events they've been through so far and being any more than a nuisance? No. Because all he's going to do is sit and try to, like, heal a person normally. And it's like, no, we don't need to waste our time with that. If he was involved in the group with Atticus Shane... He would have been stuck fixing Atticus Shane's broken leg. <laughs> I guess Atticus Shane would have liked that, but but nobody else would. Joe, on the phone with Alaric, says, Rick, listen to me. If my dad knows you want to open Kai's world, he'll think you're willing to free him. He's going to retaliate. We go over to Portland where Joshua is retaliating. Is mid-retaliation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's doing a spell and the locket starts to melt. And all of a sudden, Damon is like, hey, what's going on over there? I'm sorry, the last time you've seen metal melt in a spell was fucking Esther. You didn't need to let it get this far. Yeah, why are you letting it get to that point? As soon as you see him grab the locket, go take it. Yeah. 
saying no. <laughs> a burn on your hands will heal. Yeah. On the phone, Joe says, I hate to break it to you, Rick, but you traveled 3,000 miles for nothing. The ascendance with me. And Rick says, you got to be kidding me, right? And then there's a high-pitched sound that knocks Joe to the ground. Rick hears it on his phone, too, so he kind of falls to the ground. And Elena says, hey, Joe, are you okay? And Joe says, something's wrong. And Rick says, Joe, are you on the phone? We can see it's getting hazy. The lights are running. Yeah, she's like knocking things over because she can't walk straight. She says, I think my dad is trying to kill me. And now Liam's here. So he thinks he's on his EMT-ish. Yeah. And he says, what the hell is she talking about? Her dad's trying to kill her. Rick says, Joe, answer the phone. Answer the phone. Joe like writhes and screams. She lays on the couch. So Elena picks up the phone and says, Rick? Rick says, what's going on? Elena, something's happening to Joe. You have to find her dad and stop him from whatever he's doing to her. And Stefan, who's with Rick, says, well, that's going to be a problem because even if we could see the house, I haven't been invited in. And Elena says, oh, invite him in. And Joe says, you can come in. And Stefan's like, uh. Rick's like, again, we can't can't see see the house. (laughs) Joe says, they need magic. And then she starts to cough up blood. And Liam says, Elena, we have to do something. Definite signs of (laughs) You can't even say it with a straight face. Such a point, it's it's just it's so stupid. And you know, obviously, this is like a normal reaction to someone coughing up blood and acting like this. But it's like Liam, that that is so irrelevant right now. Like she just said, her dad is trying to kill her. Have you seen her dad? It's magic. He says definite signs of hemoptysis. I know how to say it, bitch. It's definite signs of magic. Yeah, it's definite signs of magic, dad. (laughs) It's definite signs of she is a witch. Oh, it makes me laugh. It's like so embarrassing. Elena saw this and got the ick. Yeah, she said, you know what? I don't think I'm going to date him anymore. And Joe says, shut up, Liam. I do love Joe's shut up, Liam. She's like, it's not. It's not medical what's happening here. (laughs) Joe says, ask them if they see an old tree stump in the front yard. Again, Liam, this should be clues to you. Just back up. You clearly don't know what's going on. Yeah. If the doctor who's dying told you to shut up, it's probably not your role here right now. Yeah. Stefan says, oh, yeah, I see the stump. Joe says, go there now. We go over to the prison world. Bonnie and Kai are at the table eating dinner. Kai is eating very slowly, tiny bites. And she says, really, you've been eating the same piece for 45 minutes. So she's been putting up with this for a while. Yeah. He says, is it a crime to want to savor our last meal together? She says, I had Thanksgiving dinner with you. Now you keep up your end of the deal and give me your car keys. She said, I've had it. She said, I'm done with you, buddy. I'm sick of it. I can't do it anymore. Kai says, I should probably teach you how the clutch works. It's finicky. Bonnie says, quit stalling. Give me your fucking keys. Kai says, fine, I'm stalling. He drinks some wine. (laughs) He says, but don't you want to hear how my story ends? And she says, I read the newspaper. You murdered your siblings. Your coven sent you to live in this prison world. I think I got it. She's like, I feel like I have enough information. He says, my family sent me to live in this prison world, not my coven. I mean, it is also his coven, but- Same difference, but- He's emphasizing family because he wants sympathy. Mm -hmm. He says, my father, the great coven leader who treated me like crap for 22 years- then locked me here. It's like his kids didn't even matter. Coven always came first, no matter what. You know, I do have to agree with Kai a bit there. I'm one of the people who has sympathy for Kai, if I, mm-hmm. I've not made that clear. I watch I watch my little fan edits of Kai. I think he's hot and sexy. I know he's evil, but I am like, oh. Because it does seem that all the kids that weren't twins were kind of disposable to this guy. Well, he was sad. Well, yeah, no, not, but it's yeah. not, not that he wasn't sad. Like, obviously he's sad to see his kids die. But the coven is his primary. But the coven is going to be his primary priority. And he was focused on the twins first and foremost, which makes sense in the context of the coven. Mm-hmm. So this is like, 
obviously he's still sad about his kids, but there is a level of like, at least the twins didn't die. Yeah. I will say in, you know, I'm not like a Joshua Parker stan. I don't want that to come across, but to defend Joshua, I do think psychologically there's something interesting here, knowing that he's the leader of the coven. I guess we haven't officially gotten that confirmed, but Kai said it. Given that he's the leader of the coven, we know that to get that role, he had to merge with his twin and win. So Mm -hmm. I do think that there's a psychological element here that he killed his twin. So the only way he can justify doing that, which I'm sure he feels guilt for, is to Mm -hmm. devote his entire life to the coven. Because if the coven doesn't survive, he killed his twin for nothing. Yeah, and I think it's the same thing of like, he can't let someone else ruin the legacy of the coven Mm -hmm. or take leadership and ruin the legacy that he built in one generation, his twin's death means nothing. Yeah. He sacrificed his twin. And if it all falls apart, then it was in vain. And it's also like, I sacrificed my twin. So like, you guys have to do that. Like yeah. I did it. So you have to do it. Like, it's not fair if you guys get out of it. Yeah. One thing about a Vampire Diaries villain, they're going to have daddy issues. <laughs> Every fucking time. Every time. And go back to Portland to check in with Joshua, proving what Kai said, that the coven always comes first. The locket is melting. And Joshua says, if Kai has access to an ascendant and is sharing his prison with a Bennett witch, he will eventually find his way out. At least this will keep him from merging. Knowing where Joshua's coming from, this is a fair response. It is interesting to look at this too as the the doppelgangers. Like, like we have to kill one of the doppelgangers. That's just what it is. Damon says, so you're just going to take out Joe? And he says, the coven comes before family. Yeah. Damon grabs... Joshua by the neck. Joshua does an aneurysm spell to get Damon off him, and the locket continues to melt. Outside the house, Rick and Stefan are digging in some leaves on the stump, and they find a knife. And Stefan says, what the hell are we going to do with a knife? (laughs) And Rick says, maybe it's Joe's version of Miss Cuddles. King of critical thinking. Yeah. He says, Stefan, why do you think she led us to this knife? Think for two seconds. Stefan throws the knife at the house. It pierces the porch, and the house reappears. And Rick says, nice shot. Imagine if it flew through like a window and it hit Damon in the neck. (laughs) Just because he doesn't know where he's throwing it. Yeah. Inside the house, Damon is on the floor in pain. Joshua grabs a candlestick off the fireplace, which he pulls a stake out of. Great preparation. And he goes to stake Damon, but Stefan quickly rushes in, pushes Joshua against the wall with the knife. Uh, So Joshua quickly said, okay, Invisiquay. And then he disappears. Yeah, he said, oh, get me out of here. Yeah. He said, that's enough of that. Stefan says, I guess the disappearing act is their shtick. Yeah. It sure is, King. The house was the giveaway for that. Damon says, yeah. Hey, BTW, has anyone heard from Joe? He said, not to freak you guys out. Uh- <laughs> I don't know if you noticed there's a locket melting over there. Let me tell you the picture that was in that locket. Yeah. Let, let me l- just let you know, it's uh, not a good thing. We go back over to Whitmore. Joe is on the couch. Doesn't look good. There's blood. She's still for the moment. Um, Elena is grabbing ice. And Liam says, you need to tell me what's going on. Is now the time? Liam, you know, I don't want you to deal with it because you're obnoxious when you do it. But how about you deal with the doctor dying on the couch first? Yeah. Elena says, you have to get more ice. And Liam says, I'm not an idiot. I know you're lying to me. So whatever it is, just please tell me. Oh, you, you can tell she's lying to you? What was the giveaway? The woman on the couch dying? Magically? And no one listening to you about your medical concerns, including people you know work at the hospital? It's still giving idiot. That's all I'll say. Yeah, bow out. Joe starts to like seize a little bit and Elena says she's crashing. So she and Liam run up to Joe. Liam says, look at me, Joe. Elena says, Joe, can you hear me? Liam says, please wake up. And then Liam says, okay, check for dilation. 
Poindexter. He says, mm, check for dilation. My nerd voice. <laughs> Chicken little head ass. If my calculations are correct, we should be checking for dilation. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Fucking nerd. Elena checks for dilation. Uh, her eyes are full red. No pupil there, so. She turns to him and says, are you happy now? I checked. Do you see that maybe this is out of your league? Meanwhile, Liam's eyes are as wide as they can go. Now, now he is dilated. Yeah. <laughs> now that's dilation, baby. Uh, he says, holy crap, what happened to her? Elena says, I don't know. <laughs> Elena's like, mm, how, do I, how do I spin this? Liam says, call 911. Alistair at CPR. She needs help. She's about to die. Get the AED. Liam, back the fuck up. Elena says, Liam, there's not enough time. And <laughs> she bites her wrist. And he says, mom, what are you doing? You can see because she's like, he already saw me heal, like basically heal someone with vampire blood. Is there any way for me to not do this? And she's like, you know what? There's really not. So I'm yeah. just going to do it. She does try to not do this, but she's like, well, this is the only option I have. She holds her wrist to Joe's mouth. Her veins appear, which Liam sees, and his, hot, and his eyes get even wider. Yeah. And he says, Elena, your face. She says, what about my face? She's like, your face. She says, it's okay. My blood will heal her. Joe wakes up and says, I'm okay. And Liam, if someone told me Liam had actually shit his, his pants, I would buy it. So he's kind of acting. Yeah, he's he's acting his butt off, I think. Elena says, okay, I'll get you some water. And Liam says, Elena, stop. Uh, how'd you do that? And she says, okay, well, the thing is, I'm a vampire. And he says, what? He said, that doesn't really explain it for me, if I'm honest. <laughs> and she obviously just doesn't want to explain it, because why would she? So she yeah. says, it doesn't matter. Okay, because as much as I like you, my life is complicated enough. So she goes up to him, she compels him. She says, you're not going to remember anything from tonight or about Lady Whitmore, or the fact that we even dated at all. She said, let's just clear this one completely out. She said, I already cleared one relationship. What's another one? Yeah. She says, you're going to go home, get some rest, and I'll see you at work on Monday. And he says, okay, see you Monday, Elena. And he leaves. On the couch, Joe watches this and she starts to reminisce. We go back to 1994. Joe runs out to the yard. Kai is calling out, Olivia, Lucas. Joe makes it to the stump with her knife and buries it. It's the knife that Kai stabbed her with. Kai says, come out, come out, wherever you are, Olivia, Lucas. He finds Joe, and Joe says, stop, okay, I'll do it. I'll merge with you, just don't hurt anyone else. We go to the prison world, and Bonnie and Kai are walking in the yard, and Bonnie says, so Joe agreed to the merge. So everybody's caught up on information at this point. Kai says, well, we needed a celestial event, so the plan was to use the power of the eclipse happening the next day. She even gathered her coven to help. And it's like, oh, Kai, they lied to your face. They lied. We go to 1994. The eclipse is happening. And Joe says, the power of the eclipse will merge us as one. You know what to say? And he says, been practicing my whole life. Look, I know he really wanted this. Kai, you just killed four children. Why would the coven do this for you? Because they don't want him to kill anyone else. He's just optimistic. He's got his blinders on. They hold hands. They start the spell. But nothing seems to happen. And he says, hm, I don't feel anything. And she's like, damn, that's crazy. I guess we'll keep doing it. Yeah, so they do the spell again. Nothing happens. She can't hide the smile anymore. <laughs> yeah, she's like smiling a little bit. Kai starts to come to the conclusion that perhaps he's been had. Yeah. And he says, Josette, what did you do? Why can't I feel your magic? And then he looks at everybody else here and he says, why aren't they saying anything? They should be saying something, right? I mean, we're merging. This should be a bigger deal. Yeah, he's like, should this be kind of a big spell? Don't you all have a role here? But then Joshua approaches with the Ascendant doing a spell, and it just incapacitates Kai. He falls to the ground. So back in the prison world, Kai says, they tricked me good. Instead of using the power of the eclipse for the merge, my dad used it to send me here. 
And where did Joe's magic go? You know, it made zero sense. Magic doesn't just disappear, but then you made yours disappear when you hid it in Miss Cuddles, and it hit me. My sneaky little twin sister hid her magic. He pulls the knife out of the stump in this. And we know for a fact there's magic in that knife. Yeah, we've gotten that confirmed. Bonnie does a pretty good job of not being phased by this. Yeah. She says, hmm, still there. He says, still here and still full of magic. He siphons it. Then he makes the knife float. And then he says, well, it was. And then he grabs the knife and says, I just sucked it out. And Bonnie says, you have magic again. Good for you. Anyway, <laughs> that doesn't affect me at all. He says, I also have the ascendant. And she says, doesn't matter. You need a Bennett witch to do the spell. And he says, you know about that. I've watched you do the spell twice now. I don't think I need a Bennett witch to do the spell. I think all I actually need is Bennett blood. So then he stabs her with the knife and she falls. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so let's talk. This is the last we see of Kai in this episode. So let's talk. Mm -hmm. We learn a lot more about Kai. We've come to like a full understanding about him. Enough to say conclusively that he is a villain. He's the villain of this particular point in the series. And what is so fun about Kai is he's such a return to form of a Vampire Diaries villain. Mm -hmm. Daddy issues, a little bit goofy, a little bit sexy. They saw what they did with the Travelers and they said, we need to go back to the original drawing board. Yeah. Make another one of those guys. Yeah, we need to go back to what works. And I think he's a fun, you know, he's obviously similar to Klaus in a lot of ways. Yes. We have to draw that connection. But I think he's a fun shift from Klaus because he has, in the same way that Silas has like a level of confidence that Klaus didn't have. But I think, and we talked about this a little bit, how Kai, I think, does come across as scarier. And I think that's because he has a thirst for revenge in a specific way that Klaus didn't quite have. Now, don't get me wrong. Klaus wanted revenge on people and wanted to get at his family. But Klaus was more like broadly evil. Mm -hmm. Like he was just kind of killing people. He had all, he was kind of all powerful. Kai, it's very targeted. Klaus was killing people who like got in his way mm -hmm. or disobeyed him. Kai is very intentional and for Klaus, you know, sometimes he would kill people and it wasn't like, you know, it's not like he's not enjoying the act of killing people, mm -hmm. but it wasn't like he didn't take joy in it necessarily. Yes. Like he took joy in the effect that the death had on other people. Yeah. And like understood that it is a move in a chess game. Yes. Kai is having a little more fun with the killing. He wants to torture people. Yeah. It's like similar to Klaus killing Catherine's family. Klaus doesn't do like those targeted attacks that often because he's dealing with his own shit. Yeah. <laughs> and even killing Catherine's family was like transactional almost. Like, mm -hmm. well, you turned into a vampire. You ruined my chance to break my curse. So I'm going to kill your family. It's almost like an yeah. eye for an eye. There's like logic to it. Yeah. Kai, it's like, you didn't give me what I wanted. So Kai is like, you call me an abomination. I'm going to kill all the kids in our family. Yeah. That's not a normal reaction. That's kind of abomination behavior, Kai. Yeah. If you don't <laughs> want to be called an abomination, maybe don't do that. Yeah. And what I also love about Kai, we talked about this at the end of season five when we we're talking about the travelers, is that once you go from like Catherine to Klaus to Silas, you cannot raise the stakes on a global scale. You cannot get a villain who is more powerful than Silas. You can't. Yeah. So what they did here, which is really interesting, is like lower the stakes to raise them. This is a specific coven, a specific family, a specific motive. But because of that, it's higher stakes because it's much more personal. Yeah. And it is connected to each of these people in different ways. And I think they did a good job setting up Joe for mm -hmm. this specifically of, you know, it's a big deal to Bonnie and Damon because 
they're stuck in this world with him and they ended up in this world against own volition. It's a big deal for Luke and Liv because this is their coven and we set up, you know, particular stakes for them. But then it's also a big deal for like Elena, Alurk, Stefan, because Joe quickly became part of their group, essentially. Everyone has skin in the game at this point. Exactly. And to keep Bonnie in the prison world, they even have to learn how to work with this coven to get Bonnie out of the prison. Yeah. So I just think Kai's a great villain. When you do a ranking between like Kai, Catherine, Klaus, Silas, you still have to put Catherine and Klaus, I think, above Kai overall. Yeah. In the at least that's the general opinion. And I mean, I think that's more of Kai to see. But Kai is just a really interesting villain that in a way he's a return to form, but in a way he's totally different. Well, it's interesting that they went back to a K name even. I know. Isn't that interesting? They said fine. But I also just think it's interesting, again, even though he's a return to form, again, this is a testament to Chris Wood's acting. When we first meet Kai, even though we're told he killed his whole family, the natural response is like, there's got to be more to it than that. There isn't. There isn't. There really isn't. He felt like killing them, so he did. He didn't even kill enough siblings for his liking. Yeah. Four was too few. You hear it and you're like, okay, he killed all his siblings. Surely he didn't just kill all his siblings for selfish reasons. Like, no, no. I hear that and I'm like, you know what should happen? He and Bonnie should kiss. Yeah, literally. Mm, interesting reaction. I know. The thing is that Kai, I think, has this more like almost evil quality because of A, the just personalness, but also the clear lack of remorse he has. Yeah. Well, and the ability to, it's. I think he's so interesting as a manipulator specifically of mm. that there have been times where you're watching it. It's like, that's obviously a lie. And other times when you're like, that's probably a lie, but I can't really say for sure another time. Like, but even when you know he's lying, like he can still get out of a situation. He's slippery in a similar way to Catherine. Yeah. And he's good with Bonnie too. I mean, he particularly learns how to manipulate Bonnie. And I think even though she doesn't trust him, she does sit to this dinner under the expectation that he's going to let her go. Yeah. After all you've been through with him, you really think he's going to let you go? Well, I think he did a good job of, you know, he's been in this prison world for like 15 years. And he still took like a good four months to actually make contact with these people. He took some time to gather information Mm -hmm. and like figure out how to manipulate them. It wasn't just like a one size fits all approach. He was like, okay, no, there are these new people here. And let's kind of see, see what I can do with that. This is the other thing about him that's so evil is because he seems to lack genuine remorse and he seems genuinely sociopathic. He will have these like long conversations with Bonnie where you can tell he admires her and he does want her to be his friend. But at the end of the day, he's still going to stab her because he wants her blood. And the thing is, like, if Klaus were in this position and Klaus realized he needed Bonnie's blood, he would just stab her and take her blood. He wouldn't wine and dine her beforehand. Yeah. There's something truly evil about that. Yeah, you can see that he, and I think specifically with Bonnie, there's something fun about, making her sit and deal with this knowing it because he respects her and thinks she's smart and thinks she's powerful that it's even more gratifying to pull one over on her yeah to knock her down it's like a more of a high because he respects her more it's really the thrill of the hunt but that's the thing that's so good about kai too is this whole episode you're like he's evil and then it's like oh well his dad must have been kind of mean to him like yeah it's like well his dad was fucked up and it's like And then he like later stabs Bonnie and it's like, oh, maybe it's more than just that. And he still inspires debate like to this day. You know, I'm on TikTok. I get my I get my Kai Parker edits. I was also 
it's so hard to not call him Kai Parker. I was I was thinking about the name I Kai was, Parker and I was like, that sounds correct in a way that makes me think I may have seen it. I somewhere. know it was so hard. It's the same as Aaron Whitmore. There would be times yeah. where I'm like, Kai Parker. And I'm like, oh. I'm sweating. I'm so happy I can say it now. But I'll be watching my Kai Parker fan edits. I will be. And the caption will be like, he makes me so sad. If only his family had loved him. And like all the comments are like, they never gave him a chance. He just needed empathy. And it's like, and then the comments like, um, no. And that's what I love this because I've mentioned, I have this one friend who mentioned she loved Kai. This friend is like one of the nicest people I've ever met. So that was part of it. I was like, well, obviously she loves him because like he's likable, whatever. I was expecting all sorts of paths because of who she is as a person. And then I was mentioned something to her about it. She's like, oh yeah, he's fully a sociopath, but I just love him. I was like, he got her. He's just such an incredible character, such an incredible villain. And what a relief after the travelers that's like, oh my God, you guys did it. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, they needed they needed to pull one off severely. We go back to Portland. Stefan, Alaric, and Damon are leaving the house. And they go back to the car. And Damon says, okay, let's get this straight. We went to the airport. We took off all our clothes for security. What? I was that TSA agent. I was like, mm, actually, something's still coming up on the metal detector. I'm going to need you to... To pop that shirt off, buddy. Yeah. It doesn't happen a lot, but sometimes like buttons on jeans can be real bad. You might have to take those off. There's something really solid. Oh, it's your abs. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Damon says, just so I can come out here, have my brain scrambled by Papa Kai, who, by the way, can disappear into thin air, only to find Joe's rusty knife full of magic. Stefan piles on and says, and we learned that the Ascendant, i.e. the only reason we flew our asses out here in the first place, is actually with Joe at Whitmore, five minutes from where we started. Great. Well, you know, you still got information. You still learned a lot. And you know what? You bonded. And wasn't that fun? Wasn't it fun to go on a little guy's trip? Boys weekend. Rick says, Joe said she kept it with her to ensure that Kai would never be released. Damon said, genius. Great. Then let's go home. Shotgun. Come on. Rick says, guys, we can't do this. We need to find another way and one that doesn't end up with my girlfriend dead. Damon says, girlfriend, you've been on like three dates. Well, it's like, that's not the point. Yeah, that's not fair. Also, not for nothing. How many dates did you go on before you were in love with Elena? Yeah. Zero, I think. Yeah, <laughs> we can all play a game today. Yeah. Stefan says, nice, Damon. Damon says, well, I'm just saying he barely knows her. And her literal evil twin is over there with Bonnie right now. This logic tracks from Damon. Yeah. Well, this is Damon's whole thing. When he doesn't know someone that well, he's like, we can kill them. He's like, I know nobody wants to say that, but I just feel like I should raise that. Rick says, guys, I will do what I can to help, but we're not letting her brother out, all right? The Ascendant is off the table. <laughs> Everybody laugh. Uh, Damon goes over to Alaric and compels him. And he says, get the Ascendant from Joe. Do whatever you got to do to get it. You understand? And he says, I understand. Now, Alaric. Why the hell do you not have Vervain in your system? That's uh, that's a rare Alaric L. I do think he just honestly forgot that as a human, that's something he has to worry about. Because look, I know Damon's your best friend. I know you know that he will compel you if he has to. Yes. Alaric. I know you don't trust Damon that much. And no one should. Yeah. Because look at this. Because <laughs> look, he, he, he compels you. Yeah. Stefan says, hey, what are you doing? And Damon says, you got a better idea? And they get in the car. Because Stefan doesn't have a better idea. And this is kind of fair. I mean, I mean, the truth is, and Damon could have articulated this better to Joshua. He could articulate this better to these two. It behooves them all, including Joe, to get Bonnie out of there. Mm -hmm. Because with Bonnie in there, Kai has all the tools he needs to get out. Mm -hmm. Now, Damon does think he needs a Bennett witch. 
not just Bennett Blood, which it's unclear which one of them are right in that. But Damon needs to say, like, Bonnie being there is the last tool Kai needs. It helps Joe if we get her out right now. Well, and also, even without that, you guys want Bonnie out. She's your friend. To get someone out, you need the Ascendant. Now, hopefully you don't have to pull Kai out too, but you want Bonnie out. And the thing is, like, I know they haven't interacted with Kai. And I think Damon is, it's wishful thinking if Damon thinks he can just immediately kill Kai. Because, again, slippery. But it's not crazy that Damon's like, well, I'll just kill him when he gets out. We Like, we'll cross yeah. that bridge when we get to it. Like, we got to get Bonnie out. I mean, all things considered, yes, Kai is a siphon. And yes, he's a sociopath. And he's slippery. But if you get, like, all 10 of you there, someone's going to be able to kill him. He is at the end of day of the day mortal. If you just don't have any witches around him, what's he going to siphon? Exactly. You know, use the Ascendant, get wherever he's going to pop up. Now, that's a, something to figure out as I well. I mean, that's another question. Like, if they come out together, do they pop up together? Do they pop up where he went in or where she went in? Yeah, because when we saw Damon come out, he ended up at the mausoleum, which is where he went in. So I would assume Kai would pop up where he went in. Which is Portland, Oregon. But, you know, pick those two places. Pick, you know where the eclipse happened, like where they do the spell, Damon. Put five of you there, five of you in Oregon. Everybody's holding a crossbow. And then if someone pops up, bang. It can't be that hard to kill one guy. Look at Tyler. He almost did it two weeks ago. Yeah, just get Tyler. <laughs> just give Tyler a truck. With his truck, send him a couple text messages. <laughs> Just give Tyler a phone, a truck, and a good old time, baby. Bada bing, bada boom. Sure, Tyler will be a werewolf after, but aren't we all going there anyway? Yeah, but let's, you know, who cares? So the boys get in the car and leave. We go over to the Lockwood house where Tyler has brought Liv. And this just opened a thought thing for me. Oh, no, I had this thought too. Try to get off topic. If his curse were to be triggered, could he not just move to Mystic Falls? Wouldn't he not be able to turn if the anti-magic border's there? That's a great point. I hadn't thought about that. That border will be dropped soon enough after the Perko chapter. Anyways, but we don't talk about the border right now at this point. It's not part of this scene. Liv is asleep on the couch. Tyler comes in with water. Tyler says, good morning. And Liv says, where am I? And he says, oh, you passed out, so I brought you home. You brought her to your house. Creepy. She says, you kidnapped me? Romantic. That's not what kidnapping is. Yeah. You passed out at work. He brought you to a place. Now, he should have brought you to your dorm, but still. You were taking like a shot every 30 seconds. I don't think it took long. He says, I am protecting you, Liv, okay? I'm not letting you sacrifice yourself because your coven needs a leader. She says, they'll come after me. And he says, let them. Magic doesn't work in Mystic Falls. So if your coven wants to find you, they'll have to do it the old-fashioned way and go through me. They'll just bring guns. <laughs> they don't need magic to knock you out. They'll take one of their many giant knives. Yeah, or their bats. <laughs> I think they'll get past you. I think they can handle one dude who's, you know, for all intents and purposes, human. Yeah. Liv holds Tyler's hand and says, sorry, I ruined Thanksgiving. Thank you. Can you say that to Caroline now? Yeah, how about that? He says, you'll make up for it next year. We'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> he says, we'll find another way, Liv. I'm not going to let you die. And they cuddle. Again. I don't think her dying is really the main concern. Also, I'll love what is Tyler going to do? Tyler loves to be like, I'm going to fix this. And it's like, Tyler, you know, you can't just w will that into existence. Yeah. You're not going to let Liv die just like you're going to go kill Klaus. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Just like you weren't going to let that guy die that you hit. Okay. <laughs> Your word is nothing. Let's be careful with our promises. We go over to the Whitmore dorm. Caroline walks into the hallway and Stefan is there. They both say hey to each other. And it's like, oh boy, here we go. It's like, okay, Caroline, let's... Let's get this train 
Start it up again. I know it's stalled, but yeah, let's get the Starline train back on the tracks. Let's get one of those, you know, those cars we have to pump. Yeah. That looks like a seesaw. Let's get on one of those. Yeah. And that's me when I see Stefan and Caroline on screen together. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> I'm giving CPR to this relationship. Yeah. Call me Liam because I'm reviving this relationship. <laughs> Caroline says, oh, you're here. That's good. That actually saves me a trip. And she gives him like a to-go box. And she says, needless to say, they were left over. She can't help but be an angel. She's so kind. He says, you made me a doggy bag. And she says, just because I hate you doesn't mean I want you to starve to death. Besides, Bonnie's alive. You know, this is the first Thanksgiving in forever where there's actually something to be thankful for. So, yeah, which is why it's the first one we've seen. <laughs> yeah, I'm like Thanksgiving in season two. It's like, okay, well, I'm thankful that I haven't been sacrificed to Klaus yet. I'm thankful that we didn't all die. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan says, look, when Damon was gone, I pushed you away. And Carolyn says, yeah, I know you pushed everyone away. It's kind of what you do. And he says, but I pushed you away the most. So glad he's saying this. I really, I needed you to do something like this, Stefan. <laughs> you were losing him. Yeah, he's got some self-awareness going here. And it's like, okay, you're coming back, Stefan. Thank you. He says, I knew you were the one person who would sit with me and let me cry. And I didn't want to cry anymore. So I had to push you away the most. We've been saying this. Yeah, exactly. But he, he just realized it. <laughs> Which I'm glad he did. And I'm glad he's apologizing and in his groveling bag. Let's keep groveling, buddy. Let's get, let's get on the knees. Yeah. Let's make it official. She says, thank you for saying that. What a great response. Because yes, it is good that he said that, but she sh does not need to encourage him any more than that. That is what he should be doing. Yes. It is not like above and beyond. And he wants to go into more. He says, listen. And she says, enjoy the leftovers. And she goes. Because she said, no, you're going to have to work a little harder than that. And I love that for her. Because here's the thing. Her admitting she had feelings for him was wearing her heart, heart on her sleeve, putting it out there. And he yeah. shot that down. So now it's his turn. He has to put it out there the next time because she already tried it and he didn't do it. So it's his turn. Exactly. So I have to ask now that we got one singular Steriline scene. Steriline fans were snacking tonight. Mmm, yummy. The theme is it's like one Steriline scene every few episodes. Yeah, tell me about it. Over, under, on a Steriline kiss. We're in episode eight. I think 19. Episode 19. I think we got a ways. And then, of course, after the kiss, do you, do you think they'll get immediately together? No. Mm, actually, not. not immediately together, but I think it'll be shorter than most before kiss to relationship. I'm like, we're running out of time, guys. I know. Get them together. Get them kissing. It's season six. You only have so much time. <laughs> we go over to Skullbur. Damon has a nice big glass of whiskey. Yeah, heavy pour, buddy. Yeah. Someone let him pour his own cup. <laughs> yeah. Elena comes in. She sits with him. And she says, you should have brought me with you. You guys do not have a working relationship right now. No, he should not have brought you with him. And you would have been absolutely no help, if anything, a detriment. So no, he was right to leave you. And also, if you had been in Portland, who would have healed Joe? She shouldn't have gone. That's yes. the thing. <laughs> and she says, well, first you should have told me that Bonnie was alive and then you should have brought me with you. And Damon says, well, Rick had more frequent flyer miles. And also, Rick didn't deliberately forget her entire relationship. I mean, he does have that card to play and he will play it. Yeah, and she says, yeah, okay, I did deserve that. So you and Bonnie spent the last four months together? He says, yeah. And she says, what did you do? He says, bickered mostly, cooked, ate. We went through a Tetris phase, but I beat it and she got mad. She's so me. He says, we talked a lot. Apparently, there are a lot of words in the English language, and Bonnie knows just about all of them. And Elena says, I know this is going to sound pretty strange, but I'm really happy the two of you had each other. That's strange. This is, this is going to sound crazy, but 
I'm happy you weren't all by yourself torturing yourself while you were fake dead. And while I was forgetting you. Thanks. Like, oh, that was weird to say. Yeah, you know, actually, it's it's really strange that you said that. It's sad that you care what happened. I'm glad you warned me that was going to be strange. <laughs> Damon says she sacrificed herself so I could come back. Because when she wasn't talking, she was listening. She listened for hours and hours. So when the opportunity presented itself for me to come back, she made sure I took it. And Elena says, what did you talk about? Well, Elena, why did he come back? Yeah, he says, what do you think? And she says, okay, so I broke up with Liam. <laughs> Damon's like, were you really together? Yeah. He's a <laughs> boyfriend. You've been, been on like, like three dates. <laughs> yeah. He says, oh, Dr. Future Humanitarian Award wasn't good enough. What went wrong? And she says, what do you think? He says, oh. And then she says, look, I'm at a crossroads where I could go live my life the way I think I probably should and be successful and safe and probably very happy. Or I could risk all that for this tiny glimmer of a feeling inside that I just can't shake. Now, girl, I know you don't remember this, but you've been at this crossroads before. Do you want me to tell you which one you picked? Yeah. Do you want me to tell you which one you picked and you were so happy you picked it that when you lost it, you had to do this bullshit? You have to make this decision again. We have to do this whole thing. Yeah, Damon very easily could say, like, pick the second one, bitch. Yeah. But he doesn't. Instead, he says, well, Robert Frost, what's it going to be? <laughs> she says, I don't know. But I do know someone who could give me some pretty sound advice. She holds his hand, like, as if to say, like, him, he'll give her advice. Yeah. <laughs> and then she says, any chance you'd be willing to help me bring my best friend Bonnie back so I could ask her? He says, I was literally in the middle of doing that. I he said, I I'm already doing that, but okay. But fine. But also he knows that if Bonnie comes back, she's probably a Delana shipper now. Because now she has insight. So he said, okay, you know what? Actually, it does behoove me. Obviously, he, said, he wants Bonnie back too. But He said, sure, I will do that because I am. I, I'm literally doing that. I, I went to get the Ascendant today. And actually, I already compelled Alaric. Why do you think I went to Portland? Does it seem like I would go to Portland of my own volition? It's not really my space. I wanted to go to Friendsgiving. I wanted some turkey. Yeah. We go back to the prison world. Bonnie comes to with her, you know, abdomen wound. Kai's pager is next to her vibrating. She picks it up and it says 03171. And it's like, what the hell is that? She turns it over and it says, I lied. He's funny. I mean, you can't help but laugh. I mean, honestly, he's giggle giggling. That's why he he said, don't mess with the pager. I have a joke later. Yeah, he's like, I have a whole thing I'm going to do. And there's nothing funnier than number humor. I mean, we don't see it much anymore because we don't have like dedicated calculators in the way we used to. Well, yeah, and the numbers look different on the phone than, you know, the old digital clocks. You, you just can't spell boobs on the phone without the keyboard. Yeah, exactly. Which, you know, is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. It's not for me to decide. Yeah, you know, innovation, you gain things, but you lose things as well. It's so true. Bonnie gets up and runs. And then she's like, oh, he took the car. And she is stranded in Portland, Oregon. It's kind of like, yeah, duh, of course he took the car. Yeah. He has to make it to the eclipse without you stopping him. And that is where we end the episode. So, number one, is Kai right and he just needed Bennett blood? And if so, is he out or about to be? Well, so I think there are two possibilities that he is right and he can get out. And in that case, I think they'll be pulling Bonnie out from the other end because they also have an ascendant and they have sources of magic that we have to assume someone like Joe could pull from. Yeah. Like they're both getting out. The other option is that Kai is wrong and the blood isn't enough and he's going to have to come back and be like, hey. So sorry. But I think it's more likely that the Bennett blood, mm, I don't know. I don't think it's more likely because I think the Bennett, well, I, 
I don't know. I go back and forth on it because we saw Bonnie put her blood into the Ascendant. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think there's a, a good chance that the blood is enough to get him out of there. But there's also the chance that like he did hear the spell twice, but he may not really know it as well as he thinks he does. Also because he's not been in the habit of doing magic because he didn't have any magic to pull from for the longest time. So does this change your timeline for when Kai and Bonnie get out? Do they get out together? Do they get out at all? I think they'll get out together or okay. at the same time in the same episode. Mm-hmm. And do you think that episode is forthcoming? I think it's probably next episode. I could see episode 10, but I think it's in the next two episodes to be sure. Gotcha. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.